Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dynasty Gambit, part of the Going for Two Live Network. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kyle Senra. Joining me is one of my co-hosts, Brian. How are you doing, Brian? Oh, I'm good, Kyle. I'm, I'm, I'm just afraid sometime that will cut to me, and I'll be doing a, bit, a head bob to that music intro. So uh-huh. that's my biggest thing. We, we can't, that's why it's, it's, uh, we cut the clip. It's not, it can't be too long, or else we'd, uh, we'd get too into it, uh, too into the zone. <laughs> but yeah. With the uh, the dynasty zone, the dynasty sphere, talking with uh, one of the going for two contributors, Courtney. How are you doing, Courtney? I am great, guys. Thanks for having me tonight, Cal. Brian, thanks, guys. Thank you for coming on. Of course, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I wanted to get you on for so. Uh, there you are, and it's a, a good episode. I, I have fun mm-hmm. with this. Uh, done this on the full press fantasy pod as well, but talking about our dynasty portfolios, the players we have most rostered on our teams, and I think another, another thing that's important is also how we've acquired them. Have we, have we drafted mm-hmm. these players? Have we traded for them? Some of them are we picking them off waivers. <laughs> so I think that this, the stories of how we get these players is also part of the process, the actionability of, of, you know, how people, you know, who to target, but also how to target them. So uh, it should be a, a lot of fun. Hopefully the audience, and, and of course, anyone who's watching, listening, on the Going for Two Live network on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, send us comments, talk about your most rostered players if you'd like. Uh, share uh, whatever info uh, you want for that. And uh, sure, we'll, uh, we'll have a great discussion, discourse about these players. Any uh, any quick football messages for anyone or from anyone? Go Saints. I can always throw that in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, on the ball. Nice, yeah. <laughs> you, are you confident that they can win the division this year? Um. I'm going to say, yes, I have to have confidence in my team. I like, you know, I've always semi sort of been like a fan behind Derek Carr. You know, he's, I never was like a huge Raiders fan and I never was like, yay. Oh, I want to go, you know, see Derek Carr live. You know, I live on the West coast and everything, but um, I do think that he is a massive upgrade from obviously from Andy Dalton and for Jameis Winston. And I mean, not from Drew Brees, obviously, but he is a step up and we have Alave. We have, I don't think that Michael Thomas will stay healthy, but I like Kendra Miller. I like that we have Jamal Williams. I, you know, Kamara only got suspended for four games and we have Rashid, Sh- uh, Rashid Shahid, which is a great, he's going to have a great second year. He came out of nowhere last year. So I think we have all these pieces in place. We honestly, though, we just need a better head coach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dennis Allen. Another, funny, another cast <laughs> off from the Raiders. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, but I'm off Brian I am, for a second. Let's fi- fix that video. I am confident. I am confident that we will have a great season, and we will show a lot of people. I will show. We will show a lot of people that we are still the Saints of old, like that we can put it together. So, yeah. I'm trying to think, did Dennis Allen and Derek Carr make a playoffs with the Raiders? I don't think so. Ooh, I think that I, was Jack that is, Del Rio. I think that was Jack. That Del Rio. is some deep dive stuff, Kyle. I wouldn't be able to pull that out at all. But um, I think Dennis I, Allen was the coach that uh, they were, he got hired like mid season after they they were they were like an zero and six or zero and seven start or zero and eight maybe like the Edmonton Elks tonight. Or I guess zero yeah. and nine tonight probably. But uh, I guess he, what he did was that first game, that first practice or whatever. He they literally dug a hole and buried the football. Kind of like we're burying the the, re, the 
everything that's happened up to this point, it's a new season. Like we're starting zero zero from this point and stuff like that. And I don't, I don't know if it really worked, but I, I think that was Dennis Allen. I just thought that was funny. That they, oh man. They buried a football. I mean, I got my I got my all-time single season passing yard record for Mr. Drew Brees with all the tickets right back here. I mean, that's like one of my prized possessions. So oh nice, yeah. awesome. Yeah, so but no, I think we'll surprise some people. I think we will. I do. Well, I mean, technically not me, because I am paying the Saints to win the division. So you got, you got think, my confidence. I just think a lot of people are down on Derek Carr. I don't think that they have a lot of confidence in him after his last last year. But I mean, when you don't have a I don't know. When you don't have a team behind you and you don't have your coach behind you, and you don't have a whole city behind you. I think that that, that fails you in a lot of ways, you know? So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this season for sure. So. Well, you know, the saints fan base will be behind anybody. I, my brother lived in new Orleans for about seven years. So I've always liked the saints. So go saints. Woohoo! I like it. Yay. What a fun group tonight. Saints fan. <laughs> so, so are you also picking them to win the division, Brian? Sure. Why not? They, they seem to be a good team to pick to win the division. And, and I'd be what, is, what is it? Who that? Is that right? That's right. And then the Bengals are who day? Just so who we're, we're clear. Bengals, I mean, we can who dat for the spy. So who dat? So dumb. We don't want to mix up who said who or who said what. <laughs> and, uh, and I love Michael Thomas for best ball this year. So. I mean, I think even for, for redraft lineup perspective, I think he's going in a late enough round that uh, you know, if you get healthy games out of him, it's probably worth the upside of the shot of taking him. He's, I, I kind of like compare him to Beckham in that sense. Like you can, you can get them healthy. Probably you want to start them early while you have them healthy. Like mm-hmm. if you're making early season decisions with them and they're healthy, just put them in, take advantage of the games where they are healthy. Cause if you don't have them later, you obviously can't play them then. But, uh, but Brian, I guess, you know what? I almost ru- I ruined your train. I almost ruined your tra- transition. You talk best ball, and we do have the sorry to hide your face there, Courtney. Uh, oh, you're fine. But the uh, the underdog fantasy promo uh, for, for anyone who wants to see uh, sneak a peek here uh, at the, the QR code on screen, or for those listening nice. to the audio podcast, the promo code GF2. And uh, for those who are new to underdog, have yet to sign up. If you do sign up using either the promo code or the QR code. You will be eligible for a, well, not eligible, you will automatically get a double deposit match up to $100. So whatever you put in, Underdog will double that deposit again using the promo code GF2. Like, doesn't matter for those watching on video. Uh, and then, uh, you know, on Underdog, Brian said the magic words, best ball. You can, you know, participate in best ball drafts with uh, those funds. Uh, you can, uh, you know, the NFL preseason starting tonight. So, you, you know, you can have, you know, football contests in terms of uh, higher, lower on, on, teams uh you know point scoring picking winners picking player stats uh all sorts of contests there and of course i think they've got other sports as well but football is all we really care about right the the network is called going for two i don't know any other sports (laughs) that have two-point conversions basketball is the two-point shot i guess i don't know but there there is plenty of things to bet and i like all sports no matter what so it's okay guys we don't have to be all football just mostly football true well it is that time of year so yeah it's it's funny it's, it's the redraft time of year but we're here on the dynasty gambit so we're always going to talk dynasty no matter what time of year it is really so it is that time of year you are correct it's the dynasty hey, time I- of year uh but i think it's also a good time to kind of look at portfolios and see just you know, what we have so far going into the season so what we've all done we're going to share our most rostered players uh 
Hi, ladies. Which, yeah, I'm wearing the, the women rock shirt. So, yeah, Jamie is very... <laughs> I like it. Sorry, Brian. Having issues oh, okay. Courtney, uh, and I am. So, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and I do agree with Jamie. Courtney is amazing. Uh, super happy you could make it for this. Aw, thanks, fellas. Oh, and Jamie... I guess as a Cleveland Browns fan, you might look for other teams to root for. I used to be a Saint fan because he loved Breeze so much. So I I will say, Jamie, and I'm sure you were happy with this. Like I'm sure Courtney, if I say the words 2009, that must that must just bring such good memories to you, right? I you know, yes, absolutely, 100 percent But as I think that there are a lot of secret Breeze fans around the world, as there are a lot of secret um, Manning fans around the world. People can talk smack about the Mannings, but I'm a secret Manning fan too. I mean, I went to Ole Miss with Eli, and so I'm a very secret Manning fan, and I rooted for Peyton and Eli, even though it was really hard to root for the Giants. I rooted for both of them all the way through their careers, so um, I'll take all the I'll take all the bandwagon Saints fans I can get, so I'm good with that. <laughs> that's, a, that's such a New Orleans way to be just so accommodating and, and like inviting. <laughs> yeah, come on, jo- come join us. You're, you're, you're a credit Join us! We'll get we'll get you drunk and throw beads around you and make you want to bleed black and gold. Come join us. <laughs> now I will say, Courtney is very enthusiastic about her own team, but seemingly also very enthusiastic about players who play in the South or have played in the South at points in their careers or, or different spheres. Because you just look at her her most rostered players. There's a bit of a theme here. So all yes. I say is, I really hope Jamie that when you used to be a Saints fan, it was 2009, so you at least got to celebrate that championship. <laughs> Now, Jamie probably also wins a ton of fantasy leagues, so he can he can always celebrate those. Uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a player who, I guess, won a championship in college, one of the best college seasons we've ever seen with LSU. So I don't know, Cordy, if, if that certainly influenced. Uh, although a good choice, because I think right now, if you look in uh, you know quarterback dynasty super flex rankings, he's probably a, an early first round pick. Joe Burrow. So Cordy, your most rostered quarterback currently in dynasty is Joe Burrow. So. Yes. Congrats. That's a good name to have to start with right off the bat. You know, honestly, it is where I always landed, right? Like in, when you're when you're in those Superflex Dynasty startups, you're shooting for a, a quarterback right off the bat, right? Unless you're just really ballsy and you're going to go for, you know, uh, you know, somebody I, an else. An LSU like wide receiver. Right. Exactly, <laughs> right? You got to have some balls to do that. Or if it's tight end premium, you're going for, you know, Travis Kelsey off the bat or something like that, you know, or – but. Um, it was always where I landed. He just always, he always seemed to be that next one up for me. And, um, you know, I actually took over an orphan last year and I inherited him in that in one league, the other two, I actually drafted him. Um, but you know, I know he's dealing with his calf injury right now, but when Joe Burrow is on fire, Joe Burrow is a great quarterback to have. He's mobile. Um, he's accurate. He has Jamar Chase, who is, you know, arguably the number two wide receiver in the league right now. So, um, and he's got T Higgins, which, you know, could again be easily maybe top 20 if he's on fire. Right. So um, there's a lot of weapons that he has. There are a lot of very talented weapons that he has there. We have seen him, you know, make a run for the Super Bowl, make it to the Super Bowl. Right. So I think that, and he's only been in the league for three years. So it's a, it's, it's a great upside. He has a great, we already we've already seen how far he can go and i only and i can only see him getting better right um you know unfortunately he is injured right now but i don't think that will leave that will linger fingers crossed um but i could see him he's going to be a quarterback that is a set it and forget it for years to come so at least that's that is my that is what i feel and that is what i see right i don't see him going anywhere so 
I mean, not I don't just, know. I don't know his age right off the bat, but he's. It's not like he's. It's not like it's not like I could not see him playing. Twenty-six. Yeah. So I couldn't see. It's not like I could not see him playing just longevity, like you know the quarterbacks that we see, Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of things like that. So, so yeah, he is. I have him in in three dynasties, and I'm very happy about that. He's twenty-six. He'll be twenty-seven during the season. Okay. Okay. So a little bit, I guess a little, maybe a little bit older than I thought, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Prime age for quarterback. If he has a, mm-hmm. we expect a really long career from him. He's got tons of years ahead of him. And, and certainly from a dynasty perspective, really are looking two, three years ahead max anyway. And mm-hmm. really within those next two, three years, I think, I think let's all, you know, if, if I just pose the question, who do you think will lead the NFL in touchdowns every season for the next three years? What's the first name you'd probably think of? probably Patrick Mahomes. I, yeah. I would agree. And that's probably who I would predict even for this season. Yeah. Uh, number two though, uh, on my list anywhere for this year and probably perennially for the next three years, I, I couldn't really see anyone else would be Joe Burrow. I think uh, just the, the upside you mentioned with Chase, with Higgins and not to spoil a name that we're going to talk about later, but Tyler Boyd is a number three option. Yeah. That's a, a luxury that, you know, some, some teams probably don't even have a good number two receiver. That's as good as, as Tyler Boyd. Right. And, right. And it, could be time for the Irv Smith breakout, too. You never can tell. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that would be the offense to operate in. So, yeah, certainly a good offense to uh, invest in. It's funny you talk about you know, taking over an orphan team because uh, I only have one share of Joe Burrow, and it is on a team that I took over as an orphan. Now, I took over it. I, I, it was the year that, that those guys came in, so it would have been 2020. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting uh, getting the first overall pick and, and – uh, Trading up, I think I traded up one spot to make sure to get it, but just to ensure I got Burrow over to uh, over Herbert. I, for a while, I almost, or I think I traded up from 103, and, and I think for for that first year, for a little bit, I definitely regret it. It's like, oh, why did I trade up? I could have just had Herbert right there, but uh, right. Yeah. Now, well, now I, I don't know. I, I have Burrow ahead of Herbert in my dynasty ranking, so I think that pendulum has swung back to. I'd be happy with either, but certainly uh, happy at least have that one share of Burrow. Yeah, no, I agree. I can see, I can see maybe not this year, but maybe next year, um, Herbert being a top, you know, three or four with Quentin Johnson. Cause that kid, that kid's a special kid. He's, he's fun to watch. So. I mean, not that long ago, I, I saw some startups uh, last off season where he was the QB two sometimes where, you know, mm-hmm. Mahomes would even fall to like a one Oh three. So people definitely valued Herbert really highly. And I mean, even some startups this year, I'm sure Burrow's gone in that range too. So. Ooh, well, uh, look. I'll do, I did a startup. I did it all girls, really fun, all girls startup dynasty. Um, and so I'll check and see. Rock. Yeah. Really excited about it. It's um, some of the girls have played dynasty before. Some of the girls are analysts on different things. Some of the girls are just moms that have never done it before. And I was like, the more the merrier, we will walk you through things. We will teach you. Cause it's all, it's not in reality. This one's not about winning as much right now as it is about helping a lot of these ladies, um, really value fantasy football like so many of us ladies do and hopefully we get more of our voice out there that's my whole that's my goal so yeah for sure and yeah i'm guessing yeah burrow if, if especially for super flex i'd imagine burrow went find, pretty high i'm gonna find it i'm gonna find it for sure let's see i do wonder courtney does because your last name is burrows right uh-huh does that does that influence why you want Joe Burrow so much, or is, or is it no, you're, you're, you're just, looking just at the stats? And I'm looking just at the stats, and I'm looking at where he fell. I mean, it honestly, it was just like he always just sounds. It always just he just fell to me. He always just seemed to fall to me. So he went, um, so he went uh, fifth overall. He went at the at the one five point. So yeah, 
I'd expect yeah. him to go in the top five of most. Yeah, he went. He went fifth. It went. It went. It went. Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Fields, and then Burrow. Fields. That's an I know. One. Interesting. Mm. Yes, maybe for the upside of the rushing. I don't know, but um, yeah. So. Well, it's a funny transition because there there are three starting quarterbacks that I have the most shares of, three shares each, and one of them is Justin Fields. Uh, and then one of them is a quarterback you and I share, Brian, because your most rostered quarterback right now is Dak Prescott. Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and pat myself on the back and beat my <laughs> He's just a quarterback. <laughs> he's just a quarterback that I had that, that you know, in terms of uh, draft position and all that, he he made sense. But the, the one thing he does have going for him, he's got good offensive weapons. So... Mm-hmm. You just hope you're in a league that doesn't punish interceptions, because little little be known, he was the he led the NFL in interceptions last year with 15, and had and had fewer pass attempts than many others that were like Kirk Cousins that were right below him. So, hey, though Brian, he he made a comment earlier that was all over the news that he was not going to have interceptions this year. So you know, it's a plus. To be well, fair, early. Like- that's kind of like me living in New Orleans and having a good buzz one night and saying I'm not going to drink the next day. So, we'll- <laughs> <laughs> so well, first off, Jamie, I, I think I didn't put up this comment earlier, but he, apparently he has a, a Drew Brees Super Bowl jersey. I do too. No, no offside comments about that. Only onside kick comments. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how does Jamie get into the All Girls League? Apparently, it sounds super fun to him. Well, we're already full, honey. Yeah, you already drafted, right? So I guess you have to wait cool, to, for a team to take over, to take over and, uh, as an orphan. But uh, it's funny because my three shares of DAC have all been acquired in different ways. One was on that orphan team I was talking about earlier in the Dynasty Trades HQ2 League. And when I took the orphan over, DAC was the only quarterback, I think, on roster. Maybe Garoppolo, I can't remember. But like, it was like, this, is, this doesn't look great. Um, and then, yeah, added Burrow, and, and I think I eventually added Geno Smith off waivers, so that QB Ooh. group's looking better. One league, nice. I drafted Dak in the first round of a startup at, like, back end, so probably, like, 109, 110 a couple of years ago in a startup, and, you know, pretty sure I let Burrow fall way, too, like, below that, so probably should have taken Lawrence or Burrow in, in hindsight, so that's not so great there, so I won't pat myself on the back too much, and then Another league, though, I traded for him a couple of years ago, and it was actually it was the season after the ankle injury. So I guess it would have been the 2021 offseason. And I guess that manager was just worried about him potentially missing some more that next season. You know, he just missed the entire this year. What's what's next year going to be like and kind of want to get out on him. So I remember shipping off Aaron Rodgers and I think Dalvin Cook to get Dak and Josh Jacobs and Jacobs has had a couple of really good seasons. I think that first year Dalvin Cook smashed, so it didn't feel as fun. But uh, yeah, so it's interesting just how different the three ways to acquire Dak was. What one thing I would say, I totally agree with Courtney in Superflex leagues, especially unless there's just massive value like a Justin Jefferson or Chase Fall, you've almost got to go quarterback. And to me, you've almost got to go go quarterback first and second round. I made the mistake. My very first um, dynasty league, I think it was three years ago, I drafted Dak as my first quarterback and Big Ben as my second. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of trades that are being made for quarterbacks these days. So, no. so I, I've learned the hard way. I, I actually made the playoffs both years miraculously. But Wow. 
And I came in second, I think, the year before last. And actually fourth, uh, finished the semifinals last year without a second quarterback. So, so the rest of your roster must be pretty strong. <laughs> I don't encourage that at all. <laughs> but, it, you know, your roster is strong, but it's tough to trade those players to get any for any value to get quarterback without, like, just decimating the rest of your, of your roster. Exactly. So I'm probably going to trade a first for a, a, a usable quarterback this year, I think, or something. Cost of acquiring quarterbacks. So I definitely agree with that. And I think that's the interesting thing we, we've toyed with it, but maybe we can talk about that a little bit is what's like both of your threshold of where you would deviate from quarterback to take, let's just say Justin Jefferson. I think we'd all have him as the dynasty wide receiver one. And you know, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, maybe that applies to chase as well, but where would you take them in a startup in that first round? Or, or would you, does your ideal first round look like just 12 quarterbacks? I mean, if I was at the end, if I was like, you know, if it was 12, 12 or 14 and I was at the end, I might say, okay, well, it's about to turn and, and I'm about, to, it's about to come right back to me in a startup, you know, if I was like, you know, 10 to 12 and I could be like, okay, well, if one of them still on the board, if Chase is still there, I mean, you know, if I might grab one of them at that point, heck, I might even, you know, grab a, you know, a top tier, you know, running back at that point, because I know it's going to come right back to me. And so I kind of do that whole count thing in my head. So, okay, so there's another probably six good quarterbacks on the board. And then I've, and if I'm at spot 10, then there's one, two, three, four spots. And so I'm only going to lose four of those quarterbacks if they take, you know, back to back. So I could technically have that five, six. Am I happy with that five, six that's left? If so, then yeah, I'll grab that wide receiver. But I'm a scaredy cat sometimes too, though, because I did that in the first startup that I did. <laughs> and it backfired. I got Tannehill and Murray right now, man. Like it's total backfire. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in complete rebuild mode, complete rebuild mode in that one. So, um, so yeah, so I can, I, I guess that's, that would be the only time I'd do it is if I was in the back end of the draft. T- 10 probably makes sense. I think you can go nine quarterbacks and from there you can probably like, if, you know, now Kyler Murray's falling there. It feels like, you know, just last year he would have been going, you know, 106, 107 in a startup and now you can get him in the second round. So value there, or, you know, maybe get a Dak, uh, Tua seriously so fall in the second round, so like those are those are good like early second round targets that you could pair with a Chase a Jefferson and and frankly I think it seems like Dijon Robinson's going in the first round of startups is that I know I already RB one so I know I was gonna say that but I was like he's probably it would probably have to be a rookie afterwards so I'm, I won't include him right now but uh but yeah I mean Watson's going there too you know um uh a lot of people are you know thinking high hopes for you know. Daniel Jones, you could probably get at the back end of that. You could get Carr, who we were just talking about, but those aren't ideals, right? Yeah, I don't think I'd take Carr in the second round of the startup. Third, yeah, third round, is, I can get that, but yeah. Yeah, this is your this is your ideal. This is, you know, not ideal because you want one of those top tiers. So only if I was I, 10, I, 12, I think think a Saint in the second round of a startup, it's definitely going to be Olave and not Derek Carr, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think for me, at quarterback, I could be, I mean, with Justin Jefferson, I could be convinced that probably the 108, um, behind Lawrence, um, behind Burrow, but say behind I, this guy on screen right now. Yeah. If, oh, if, like if ask Justin Fields or Justin Jefferson, I'm going Jefferson. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, think I, I would still stick to fields. I might even take Watson over the, the receivers, just banking on a bounce back to what we've seen before, but that would be the, that's, that's probably the first quarterback where I'd, I'd really question it. I think anyone below him in my rankings, I would probably prefer to go Jefferson. So, yeah, I think that's that back end of the first. And 
you know, there are times where someone might reach on him in the earlier mid first. And I think you know, if that happens with Jefferson's gone, you can get chase at the back end of the first. I think that's just as well. Mm-hmm. I guess for me, I'm just not a huge, huge field supporter at this point in time. He's got to do more. Well, I guess I, I'm invested. Like I said, my, my three most rostered starting quarterbacks are Dak Prescott, Justin Fields, and like Gator, Trevor Lawrence. So, um, yeah. And, and actually, one other guy that Gator had was uh, uh, Anthony Richardson, which makes sense. The Florida Gator. Ooh. Gator J, of course, loving uh, Anthony Richardson. So I'm, I'm almost shocked it's equal with Lawrence and not more than. But, uh, yeah. It, it, and you know what? Richardson's a quarterback that's probably going right in that range we're talking about where, you know, you know, do you take the tantalizing upside of Richardson or, or, or the wide receiver? Like you might be debating that. I think yeah, ideally, definitely going wide receiver. I'm, I'm as much as I was not pro Fields, I'm Fields of Richardson too. So, see, what I would almost love to do is if I took Fields, like I'd probably, I'd be, and I actually I did a startup earlier this year. I took Fields at the one oh eight, and if I could go Fields at one oh eight and then Richardson on the way back in the middle of the second, I think that would be ideal, but Richardson's likely not falling there. You, you might be able to get a Stroud or a Young there, but see, like Richardson might even be going like right around where Fields is going as like a, a first round pick. So that, that is a tough investment to make, but certainly uh, th- I think the easier investment on Richardson is in rookie drafts. If, if he's going so high in startups, then it almost makes his like rookie draft price seem small in comparison. You're only spending one pick to draft him. Like it's, it's 101 or 102 in a rookie draft, but you know, if you wanted to trade for a first round startup pick, it's going to cost usually more than, than one rookie draft, even than one rookie pick, even a one or one, one or two. So taking Richardson in rookie drafts makes sense, especially if you could flip him for the price he's going at for his startup prices. You could, you could draft Richardson and then just like add a little bit to get say Trevor Lawrence, for instance. Yeah. I think those might be, that might be uh things to do. So maybe, I don't know if Gator's going to try any of that, but uh, yeah. If 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 you were trying to trade with me on Lawrence, you'd have a hard deal. I've got him as a top five guy. So, okay, yeah. So you like you probably have yeah. I think you have him ahead of Lamar Jackson, right? We've talked about that oh before. by far, yeah. And oh, then even and I guess even Herbert as well. Yes, right now I do. And then Burrow would be probably right. Burrow's Burrow's just ahead of Lawrence. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Well, we could move on to running back unless there's any other uh, quarterback comments or questions. Okay, we can move on to running back. <laughs> run Let's right over. It. Yeah, got to run through that wall real quick. And uh, Brian, you've got you've got another really st- uh, great start here. Just like uh, Courtney's a great start with Burrow. I mean, Dak's a great start too. Lawrence a great start. There's uh, so many great names coming up on the screen. And yeah, we followed up with Austin Eckler. So most rostered nice. running back. Was the RB one last year? So you talk about how you know how he, was he on that roster where you only had Dak? Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. He was on that roster. So, like I said, this was my very first. Um, this was my very first league that I was in, and my my I had five guys that I went for, and Dak was one of them, just because he was available to the draft position. At running back, I took Eckler, and I took Mixon, who I've since mm. traded for Chubb. Oh, nice. And I also took Ridley and a top five receiver that's that that's losing, that I'm kind of mentally losing who it was. But A.J. Brown, Lamb. Even better than that, it was 
it wasn't Chase or Jefferson, but it was like right right behind them at the time. So those were those were my start. Those were the my five guys that I I used, and I've Eckler's been very good for the last three years. So I'm proud. I'm still proud to have him. Mm-hmm. I like the trade for Chubb. I think Chubb's gonna have a great year this year. Yeah, I traded him before last season. Um, the guy just was a mix and lover, and I was okay trading him. I got an extra piece out of it, so nice. I, I think Chubb's. I don't. I don't know that Chubb's a top five, but everybody's listing him as such. So, yeah, I've got him at RB five in my dynasty ranking. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, and uh, for those who uh, want to find out about Courtney's most rostered player, I'll have to wait because there's comments that came up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, JB. Uh, I guess we transitioned a little too quickly away from quarterback, but his most rostered quarterbacks are CJ Stroud, Russell Wilson, six leagues, and then uh, Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson in five. Jeez, Jamie, how many leagues are you in, brother? <laughs> <laughs> He's got 10 shares of each, so. Jeez. I like, I like Stroud. I'm not too, you know, I, I don't think all any of us are really high on Russ Wilson and this is the season he has to prove it under Sean Payton, but I do like CJ Stroud. He was my number one coming out of the draft. And I really, I really thought that he would uh, go to, I really thought Carolina would be smart and take him over Bryce Young, but um, they did not, but he was my number one this year. So I really like him a lot. Same here, Courtney. And I still stubbornly have him as the QB one in the, in the, uh, of the three anyway. I've got yeah. him the highest ranked of the three, but yeah, Jamie's in 22 leagues. Yeah. I so I'm, I'm counting from 13 dynasty leagues here. So Jeez, it's not, ex- not as extreme as Mr. Uh, Exports Jamie. Right. I will, I will say this. If there's any wrestling fans out there, Ted DiBiase said, everybody's got a price. So I'm, I'm not high on Russell Wilson, but I also don't know how he was acquired. So. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cheaply, like this would be the off season to acquire him. He's probably been the cheapest he's ever been. My bad, twenty five. Oh my gosh, Jamie. Shoot, I took him. I I took Russell Wilson in a startup last year at one fourteen. It was a fourteen team wow. super flex league. Thank God, right before the season started, I traded him in two first for Patrick Mahomes. Oh my god, wow. Shane, Shane Manila. Uh, I remember he took Mahomes and then traded up in the second. Actually, trade up with me for my 201. Instead of me taking Hertz, which would have been the smart thing to do, I was stupid enough to trade it down for he, he and then he took Hill, thinking, Oh, I've got the Mahomes Hill stack. And then, like a week or two later, the trade happened. And he goes off to Miami, and then Shane just like panic sells his whole team and then eventually sold Mahomes. So, is uh, the guy that you traded with still in the league? Oh, yeah. It's, it's the, it's, well, it's, it is their, it's their listener league. It's the trades in five listener leagues. So Shane can't leave the league. Oh, <laughs> uh, he, he loves to trade. Uh, yeah, he's got he's probably got enough Mahomes share somewhere else, but uh, so yeah, so talking about our shares here though, uh, Cordy, again, you're all of the players that we're going to talk about specifically with you share something in common, and it's they're all again like Joe Burrow played in the South, played at LSU, or currently play in the NFC South, and that includes Rashad White here, uh, your most rostered running back. So, you know, I don't, (laughs) it just kind of keeps falling to me again. It's not like I'm, you know, actively searching him out. It just seems like when I get to that point that he's kind of the best running back there, right? Um, And this, in this girl's startup that I did right here, I went, um, I went quarterback, quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, trying to kind of pull a, you know, 
it was uh we had more points for receptions than we did for the running yards. So it was kind of like I was like gonna go heavy wide receiver and then kind of come back down to it. And then when we got there, everybody had been jumping on the running backs. And so I grabbed him, you know, he doesn't really have much competition. You know, he has Sean Tucker who um, you know, was not uh the heart issue, right? And so um I like Rashid White. I I think that he could be a good guy there, a great dump off guy for Baker. You know, this is a Baker make it or fail season, right? If he doesn't perform the season, I don't see him playing anywhere else. I just don't. Um, and so I could see him really being a dump off guy. I think that Tampa Bay is going to struggle mightily. Um, but when you struggle mightily and you have to get that ball out of the pocket quickly, who's there for you? It's usually your tight end or your running back. And so I can see white having a good year. Um, so I got him in the startup this year at 606. And I also and I picked him up last year off waivers. And then I also got him last year and um at one at the 107. So um so that was the three ways I acquired him. Um so I don't know, you know, we'll see how it goes. Like I said, it kind of just that he just kept falling to me again. It wasn't like I was actively searching him out, but we'll see. Hopefully it pans out. No, I yeah. I think it's a good pick. I mean, like you said, he's got no competition. Chase Edmonds is currently RB2 on the depth chart. And then my boy from Vanderbilt, Keyshawn Vaughn, is third. So right. So not much competition. <laughs> right. So that's so that's that's good when you have a running back, right? And he we've actually seen him. He actually is a did pretty decent coming out last year, um, receiving wise. So, you know, if you have that dual you know, being able to run and receive, then that's a lot better in, you know, the running back world. So, you know, we'll see. I, I certainly think, well, sorry, the Ryan. tight end is probably Kate Otten, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. That's yeah. the name I like out there, to be honest. Yeah. Again, very little competition, right? And that's the, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a really small, like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But like a target tree, it, it very narrow uh, range of who's going to get targets in Tampa. So at least the players that are there should all get work because the, the offense might be awful. So at least, at least they'll all get volume. <laughs> I'd be off a little bit on, on Godwin and, and Evans. I don't think Baker's going to be able to involve them as much as, as Mr. Brady did. So. And that's assuming Baker gets the job and it's not Kyle Trask. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll start off Baker. I think it will. I mean, and that's, He's got to, I don't know, he's got to prove himself because, I, like I said, I don't see him going on another team at this point. I see him, you know, falling off and, you know. But I would rather have Godwin than Evans because I don't think Baker can chunk it down the field and get into the red zone for Evans, and Evans is the deep ball threat. So I I, I could, I would rather have Godwin at this point than Evans for sure. Yards and touchdowns for sure, and that's where, mm -hmm. like, you'd want the volume guy in Godwin, I agree. Yep. Either way, they're bad. Baker, they went they <laughs> six games. Trask, probably four. So. Yeah, I hear you. I agree. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but for sure. I think Rashad White, certainly I, I liked his price last year in rookie drafts. I, I viewed him as the RB3 in the class. But maybe that was false. Maybe it really was Davian Pierce, and I, I was too blind to well, Rashad White to admit that until this year. But I can admit that now. Damian Pierce is amazing. But still view him as one of the better options from last year's class. So, mm -hmm. um, And uh, Jamie does have an interesting question because, you know, and I guess especially if you're going to be in 25 leagues, it makes sense to use a, a type of tool for this. But uh, Asking us, are you guys counting the players in all your leagues or using Dynasty Planet? That'll automatically tell you all the percentages. Because if you look, JB will sometimes share in like our, our Twitter threads and in, in, uh, comments and uh, for going for two writers or on Discord, just like his his whole roster ship and he'll just list all his players. They're like this, these are all the running backs I have. Look how much Roshan Rosh Johnson and Evan Hall I have. 
but yeah, so do either of you use any uh, tools to track? I'm not in enough leagues to use it. I can just use my fingers. <laughs> same, same here, but I, I, I'm really thankful you shared that tool because when you were introducing this part to the show, I'm like, God, I've only got five leagues. So if I uh, had 25, I don't know how I'd keep count. So mm -hmm. I'm going to check it out, though, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah, Dynasty Planet, for sure. Uh, everything revolves around Dynasty, right? Uh, here in the <laughs> Dynasty Gambit especially. But uh, I, I actually keep a spreadsheet just uh, to track. And I'm going to also use it to, nice. to be able to cross-reference Dynasty to redraft as well and see why I have the most players of overall across both. The way I see it, I'm going into the season with like an arsenal of, okay, some of these players I'm going to have in redraft, others I'm going to have in dynasty, some will be a mix of both. But as long as I can get exposure to most players throughout most, I'm happy. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, with the with 13 dynasty leagues, that's enough where I want to keep it on a spreadsheet. And I uh, just you know, I have all the players. I also have each league I have them in just so I know, okay, if, if I, something comes up with a player, I can go look at which leagues exactly so I can just pinpoint to those leagues and do whatever I need to do if it's throw them on injured reserve or or you know, try and trade in those leagues, like figure out which where's the best option. Now there are there is one tool on Sleeper that if you're looking at an individual player, um, you can you can look at that player and see what uh, leagues he's available in, and like if you own him in certain leagues. But that being said, it would be hard to do for every player you've got. And 13's a decent, a good enough size size number of teams, but 25, 30, 40, I couldn't do it. Well, and my problem is I play on like reality sports online and, and other platforms where like some sites won't track. So like I prefer to just do it all myself because I know I, I can at least account for every single league. There won't be something where that run into a certain plat site that won't include certain formats and it kind of skews the data. Uh, because I, I know there's a, there's one year where I played, I think, on seven different fantasy football sites. So reality sports online, Sleeper, MFL, mm. ESPN, and um, – I think it was Flea Flicker or something else. Uh, yeah, NFL.com too, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm all over the place. I'm kind of wild. And uh, well, yeah, so I guess uh, Jamie's sharing his most raw, uh, owned running backs. Jerome Ford in 12 leagues, Evan Hull in 11, Kendra Miller and Roshan each tied in nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm almost surprised Roshan is that low, Jamie. I guess Jerome Ford being the Cleveland guy, the Cleveland connoisseur would, of course, collect Cleveland running backs. I know, I, Kyle and I, are on the, I know Kyle and I are on the Evan Hall bandwagon. Yeah, oh, we, we, how, how often have we talked about Evan Hall on this show, Brian? <laughs> All year. He, he's the man. I just hope he gets five yards this year, and I'd be happy. So. <laughs> and, well, just to, and to throw someone else's portfolio out here, another AFC or NFC South player. Gator's most rostered running back is Tyler Algier. So you're not the only one with a, a most rostered uh, NFC South running back. Courtney. I wonder where Gator picked him up. I wonder if Gator picked him up off waivers or if he, you know, grabbed him because it wasn't like Algier was like the talk of the town. You know what I mean? And he just exploded. Right. Um, which was, which was all surprising that Atlanta took Bijan, right? Like we were all just shocked. I think, I mean, I know I was, um, but I mean, where was Tyler Algier? He was like, where was he? I saw him go in the second rounds of some rookie yeah. drafts last year. Yeah, but certainly, in, in I, I got him in the third in a couple round? spots. Was he fifth round in the original draft? Oh, yeah, in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think a yeah, fifth rounder. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone just loved the landing spot so much that they, yeah. like, I saw him get elevated ahead of a lot of fourth and sometimes even third rounders, mm -hmm. which was the right call. Like, anyone who was looking at 
Tyrion Davis Price, the third rounder, I should draft him ahead of Tyler Algier, the fifth rounder. That was bad process. I think it's understanding the context too of who those players are. I mean, <laughs> about that Tyrion Davis Price pick. Uh, I just yeah, hope he continues to get some run this year. I mean, that they find a way to use both him and Bijan because I agree. Speaking, I mean, they got one receiver and <laughs> a tight end that hasn't lived up to expectations. So I hope he gets some. I hope he gets some run still. And they still have Kyle Pitts as well. Let's not forget that. I, I, I was speaking of Johnny Smith, of course, as the tight end. He also live up to expectations. Exactly. <laughs> we have not forgotten about Kyle Pitts. Arthur Smith has forgotten about Kyle Pitts. Let's be real I now. I think Marcus Mariota forgot about Kyle Pitts. And <laughs> whoever the quarterback was the year before. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. So. Uh, now, the one thing I'll say is only one receiver is a little disrespectful to Matt Collins, but it's at least one and a half receivers. Sorry, Matt Collins. Matt Collins had one good year. Yay, Matt. Good job. He might, he might not have a choice but to have a good year this year if there's no one else there. Uh, exactly. So my most rostered running back is actually Deion Jackson. And this is a real easy story to tell. This was all UDFA pickups last year. Um, mm-hmm. So he was an undrafted free agent in 2021. And I remember, I so I do running back scouting. It's really the only position I kind of feel like I have a good sense of evaluating as players. And that would have been Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams year. And in that class, Najee Harris is the only player that had a higher film score for me than Deion Jackson. I absolutely love the tape. Thought he was an explosive runner, great technical runner as well. Uh, Good as a receiver. I thought everything you needed in a running back. Oh, he went undrafted. This is Jermichael Hasty all over again, damn it. But I had faith. And if I, this, no, Deion Jackson's better than Jermichael Hasty. He's going to break through and uh, didn't really do anything as a rookie. However, last year, what was interesting was going to training camp and certainly coming out of training camp. The Colts depth chart was incredibly interesting. You had Jonathan Taylor, amazing. And uh, certainly after the year he had in 2021, everyone loved him. He was the 101 in pick in a ton of drafts last year. Uh, but then right behind him, he had Naeem Hines. And then and then once Philip Lindsay got cut, you only had Deion Jackson. So he started the year as the third running back. And it, and it did seem like, okay, we, we know who Naeem Hines is. He's got a very distinct role. If Jonathan Taylor were to ever get hurt, Deion Jackson's probably the one that sees the massive upgrade. So when, especially once Lindsay got cut, I was just picking him up everywhere for free. Like just in case, like I, I've got highly invested enough in Jonathan Taylor that if he went down, I want some type of yeah. compensation for it. And at least this way I get Deion Jackson everywhere. So five shares now, uh, again, most rostered running back. And again, a lot of it was just, Last year, and it turns out he was useful last season. So a lot of those leagues, I, I may have started him even for a couple of weeks last year. So mm-hmm. pretty good for just a random waiver wire guy. You didn't even have to, like, if you're, if you're doing fab bidding, you, you just put a $0 fab bid and you got him. So that was a super great to – and this is the type of – this is around the time of year I would have required him. So, like, I don't know if there's a, a running back to look for this year in that same vein. You know what? It might be Deion Jackson again anyway because they're – to Jamie's credit, talk about Evan Hull – there's excitement about him getting drafted. Zach Moss is there now. So they feel like Deion Jackson's been shoved under the rug again. He might have been dropped in some of those leagues. So go pick him up again. Zach Moss has got some kind of injury going on too, I think. Arm injury, so, yeah. You deserve a lot of credit because I'll be honest with you, I'd never heard of Deion Jackson until – Week he, five, six when he was starting, probably. Yeah, he was plugged in for a Thursday night starter, and he, he was on our show as a Chrome Dome special of the week. So <laughs> – <laughs> I gained new admiration for him. <laughs> yeah, Deion Jackson, baby. All right. Uh, so I guess um, 
Oh yeah, 45 minutes in, of course. Sorry, Jeff, we're not going to get this done under an hour. Not that we're running tight for time necessarily, but time to talk about tight ends. Did I accentuate the T enough? I'm, I'll stop. Really, way too high T. <laughs> uh, Brian, we'll start with you. Uh, your most rostered mm-hmm. tight end. Actually, you know what, Brian? I'm sorry, I completely forgot. One of you, uh, I didn't put it on the the comments, uh, but on top of Austin Eckler, you also have two shares of Tony Pollard. So technically, he's also one of your most rostered running backs. You want to say a word about Pollard? Well, I love Pollard this year. I think he's – I'm going to say he's going to finish in the um, RB6. That would be, would be my view, viewpoint on him. I uh, I liked him for startup drafts three years ago, and he's still on my roster. So they nice. he, was a dra- he was a drafted piece for me. But I really like his upside. And, and in one league, which is kind of the league of record I've been in for 20 years, I can keep him for a fourth-round um, draft position. So – I'm going to be doing that as well. So I've got him in my half PPR rankings right now, Tony Pollard at RB8. But I'm looking immediately ahead of him are Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson, and Saquon Barkley. Like I, I could in the world see Pollard finishing ahead of them and, and being a top five running back this year. So I certainly think that's in the realm of possibilities, Brian. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I, def, definitely I have him above Taylor. And who was the third one you said? Barkley. Uh, Barkley. Yeah. I've got him ahead of Barkley too. Well, that makes oh. me feel good because I just picked him up in a uh, in a best ball league last night. So, woo! Yeah, I oh, really yeah. really like him. He's my RB one, so yay! Yeah, no, I think I think he's a good hero RB. I, th- I think he yeah. he'll, he should get enough volume, high enough like touchdown upside in that offense. It's one of the probably three best offenses in that entire conference. So, he certainly should have the upside there and. Um, maybe not a huge pass catching role, but certainly, you know, 30, 40 receptions is, is within his realm of possibility. And apparently the Bucks intend to start Baker Mayfield week one. I, I guess whatever competition was being held between Mayfield and Trask is clearly already over. So um, we just I together. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Brian. Um, no problem. We just hope that the other Florida product, Anthony Richardson, turns out better quarterback than Kyle Trask is all I can say. Gator. Oh, he will. I actually, I actually think, I, I think that Anthony Richardson's gonna um, be better than Bryce Young in the long term. I absolutely do. I am not a big Bryce Young fan, and I think that C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson are the future, are the future two youngins. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think Anthony Richardson's. I actually grabbed him in a couple, in a couple uh, leagues too, because I was just like, why not? He's got incredible upside, and he is an athletic, just massive dude and so i'm excited about him i'm excited to watch him i hope that he i hope that he gets the start i mean i'm assuming they might put Minshew in there they put might put him in for a couple games just because of the uh leadership right just to kind of get him but i don't know i think they better start him sooner than later ursa yeah. is wild enough you might just demand that richardson starts week one yeah. or, or, or <laughs> put it, the coach on the nfi list who knows but enough about that but enough about that. crazy to say um well it's funny because I love Stroud the most. I actually have zero dynasty shares of him, uh, which is funny. But um, I've I've got I've taken him in a couple of redraft leagues, including the Scott Fishbowl. Shout out to Scott Fishbowl because this is Scott woo, woo. Fishbowl and Women Rock. I, I took I took I took Richardson in my Scott Fishbowl league. Oh, nice. Yeah. I found Stroud was just falling at such a value. Like he and Young were both available in like the eighth or ninth round, whatever. I took him and I was like, okay, well I'll just I'll just take one. Needed the QB three. Maybe he. As upside at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. 
All right, tight ends, take two. <laughs> that was, the, that was I guess, a, a, more of a gator chop than an actual director thing, according to it properly. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Brian, now we'll get to your most rostered tight end, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, once again, he's a drafted piece. Uh, I uh, Goddard's on a really good offense for him, so I, I expect him to have a have a big year this year, and I'm okay with him being my most rostered. It seems like most of the drafts that I was in, I never I never got a top five, even even the non superflex leagues, I never got a really high draft position. So he was a guy that kind of fell to me. He's the perfect mid round tight end to take. You know, he's going to perform at a certain level. He hasn't had any like explosive touchdown seasons yet. I don't think he's ever had more than five, but he's constantly finished as that like tight end six, just enough to be like, he's actually making a difference over those other guys because he's catching so many passes, getting so many yards. Mm-hmm. I heard yeah. some, I, I heard on one of the, um, one of the serious XM fantasy shows this morning that I was listening to. Um, I don't remember which one it was, um, but they, uh, Nick, Coach Nick Sirianni was saying that he was like, he was like Dallas is an incredible tight end, and if he wasn't on our team, he would be um, behind Mark Andrews. It would be Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Dallas because he was like, we just got too good of, of wide receivers in Devontae and in um, AJ, and he was like, and that's why he doesn't get that, but he would be number three. He said, I I one hundred percent wholeheartedly believe it, and I was like, that's pretty cool saying that the coach saying that, you know. And before they had those receivers, he was behind Zach Ertz. So he hasn't had his time to shine yet. Right, exactly. But like you said, you can put him in the, in the rest of your – he doesn't have to be the star of your dynasty team, but he can certainly be a good, solid piece. And it's not like he's a touchdown or bust tight end, which is nice. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because, Brian, you actually had two tight ends listed. One of them is Greg Dulcich, which uh, you can go ahead and say your piece on, but uh, – uh, that also shares uh, something with Jamie, who has Dulcich in nine leagues, his most rostered tight end. Woo! I, I really love him. He's uh, he's starting to get attention as a top ten um, tight end, and I got him in a rookie draft. I I want to say it may have been as late as the third round. So, you know, I I drafted him in rookie drafts last year, and honestly speaking, I can't say I even knew that much about him when I drafted him. I, I'm I I do. I do do a lot of like rookie stuff, but not nearly as much as like Kyle. He's more of an expert than I am. So I don't really do much stuff on tight end, so I had no idea who he was either. <laughs> See, and I I loved him. I loved him coming out last year. I think it was the hair that really drew me to him at first. Um, uh, but I actually had him behind I do the hair flip. I, I, the beard I actually had him neck and neck with um with Trey McBride, and everybody had Trey McBride way up here. And I did a lot of stuff for going for two last year on um Greg Dolchich. And I only got him in two leagues. So he's, you know, I have him in two, but I think he is going to have a huge sophomore leap this year underneath Sean Payton. I mean, we, you know, Sean Payton does um it's not like he's had these massive tight ends, but he finds a way to always get them. I mean, look, Jeremy Shockey, Jimmy Graham, you know, um, Jared Cook, you know, he's always Taysom Hill. Like he's always found a way to make his tight ends shine. And I think that he is going to make Greg Dolchus shine. I really do. I just hope he doesn't turn him into Taysom Hill where you get more carries than targets. That would not be good for <laughs> Dolchus's value. <laughs> yeah i could see that too but i i think he'll do i think he'll do good he's not a great blocker so um he has to you know he definitely has to develop a little bit more there but he only played what how many games did he play last year after he came because he was injured was it six or was it eight it wasn't a lot uh i thought he got to double digits but you might be right yeah 
Oh, he might have. He might have hit 10. You're right. He might have. I would imagine he catches a lot more passes than Taysom Hill does. I I, I would say yeah. Yeah. he's probably closer to Jimmy Graham than he is to Taysom Hill. <laughs> well, thank you, Jimmy. Not to say he's games. that close. 10 games. Thank you. 10 games, yeah. So right, right on that mark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess JB's next two most rostered tight ends are Njoku, Harrison Bryant. That makes sense. The Cleveland guys. And then Hawkinson. Trey McBride and Jelani Woods in sixth league drafted a lot of <laughs> tight ends and rookie drafts last year. I guess that's how a lot of those Dulcich, McBride, and Jelani Woods shares were had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and also watch the fantasy cheat sheet on Tuesdays. It's a great show. Watch everything on the Going for Two Live Network. Everything is a great show. We have so many awesome people working here. But uh, my bold take on Tuesday uh, on Tuesday's cheat sheet was Dulcich is a top five tight end this year and also playing the Joker role. Uh, we love under Sean Payton. So, Corey, can you tell us a little bit about the Joker role? Like, what what kind of is there a player that exemplified that a lot in in this with the Saints in New Orleans when when Payton was there? Or? Well, you know, I kind of was looking at um, it's it's crazy because he was brought back, right? But I think that this all kind of started when, well, actually, I kind of think it started back with when he brought over Jeremy Shockey to the saints. Right. And he brought, and he took in Jeremy Shockey from, um, cause he had played in giants and then came down. Right. But they were talking about, I was trying to get a bunch of, I, I was talking about Dulcich with somebody else the other day and I was going, and this was right. This was like two days before Jerry, Jimmy Graham signed again, which to me was just like out of nowhere out of left field. Right. But Jimmy Graham was a beast under Sean Payton. And this was before Taysom Hill came in and everybody was like, oh, you know, it's more like this gadget player where he just puts them in every role to be successful. And that doesn't mean that they're, you know, producing, you know, these, you know, whatever 1200 yard game, I mean, seasons like, you know, Kelsey and stuff, but he puts them where they are successful, where they're in the spot they need to be, where they're blocking, where they're doing everything. So in my opinion, it's more like this massive, just, master key right it's like a master key for me where they're just you know I don't know I just think that he I think that Sean Payton is such a a creative offensive mind that he gets the tight ends really so many different routes and so many different plays and that's what makes it special and that's why I think that Dulcich is going to have such a great year I really do I think that you know everybody's talking about Mims stepping up now that Tim Patrick got hurt right um, and I think that Mims is going to be great, but I think Mims is going to be great next year. Um, and Unless they've moved on from either Sutton or Judy or, or both. Right, right. And I think so. I think that everybody's talking about Mims, but I think it's going to be Dulcich year now, and then Mims will continue to develop because Sean Payton did move up to grab him. Right? It was his. It was his pick. So I do think that Mims is going to be great, but I don't think he is going to be great right now out the gates. So that's going to be Dulcich. And if, you know, so Jamie's mentioning Darren Sproles, Reggie Bush as running uh-huh. backs kind of play that joker role as well as Taysom Hill. But like you were saying, Courtney, with, with Jimmy Graham, I think a lot of the common thing about all those is mismatch. They're trying to get this player in a mismatch role, wherever that is. And I think especially with Jimmy Graham was moving him to the outside, not playing yep. him in line as a tight end a lot. So that could also be a thing for Dulcich that works well is just get him up against smaller corners, play him in the slot. Just wherever it is. All in over. Yeah, all over. You just don't know where they're going to go. And that's what that's what's so great about about Sean Payton. God, I just love him. I miss him. Why did he go to the Broncos? <laughs> Are you going to be okay. a Broncos fan at all? No. Broncos Burrows? <laughs> no, I will cheer for Sean Payton just because I'm so I, – I, I respect the heck out of him. But no. <laughs> but, 
And maybe that's why we shouldn't discount Russell Wilson so much, too. Uh, he sucked last year, but he's got to be better than that. So, <laughs> Well, we hope so, yes. We hope so, yes. <laughs> it, it would tough, be tough to imagine he'd be much worse. Certainly, uh-huh. like, looking at the rest of his career, last year was so much worse than anything he's ever been. That See, look at that. 2011, uh, Sproles broke the all-purpose yards, and uh, Jimmy Graham broke the tight end yards record for that stood for 31 years. See, that's that's incredible to me. From Kellen Winslow, I think that's Kellen Winslow Sr. too. So you you went through two whole generations of tight end family, to, to, and it still wasn't broken. And yeah, Jimmy Graham, a young player, also in his second year in 2011. Hmm, coincidence, I wonder. <laughs> hmm see? It's all coming together. The master plan. I uh, just wanted to bring together, uh, again, Gator's thoughts here. Uh, and his most rostered tight end is Darren Waller. He's got three shares of him. I think he is... Uh, Kind of a similar thing to, to Goddard. Um, he had that one big touchdown year, but I remember Darren Waller had a season where he was like, I think, tight end three or four, and he only mm-hmm. had three touchdowns. And it was just a thousand-yard season, catching a ton of passes. So he could be like Goddard, but maybe even a more of a ceiling, uh, maybe a bit more of a risk, too, with injury right now. Where I think Goddard gives I you know. a safe floor of – I mean, he, not that Goddard plays, because you know, he's, he's missed games, I think, every year, but he, he's usually giving you 12, 14 games. As long as he can stay healthy, he could be the Giants' wide receiver one. <laughs> yeah, honestly, no doubt. <laughs> honestly, who is their wide receiver one? Darius Slayton? I mean, come on. I don't know. I mean, I, I would argue it is Slayton, but yeah, it's uh, the fact that that's, that's the answer is a little scary. <laughs> Isaiah Hodgins? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, they're not good. So <laughs> just, we, we yeah. can coded all we want to but they're not well i mean there's a chance that the number one wide receiver in the giants is third on the team in targets behind waller and barkley well yeah exactly well it's funny because i've got so my exposure to tight end it feels like it's a lot flatter than it is at other positions whereas like my most rostered mm-hmm. running back i've got five shares of my most rostered receivers five quarterback at six at tight end i've got i think it's four guys that I have three shares of each and that's the most. So it's, it's a little flatter for me at the, the tight end position. I don't uh, tend to, I, I feel like it just, there's a lot of leagues where I'm trying to like roster only like two or three, like be so minimum. So I'm just as few players on roster as possible. Uh, but one of them, I guess of the, the four, the most notable would be George Kittle and similar mm-hmm. to Waller. I think he could be the number one target on the team, but also the injury concerns are there. And just looking back to where I've acquired Kittle, a lot of it has been startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think one of them uh, actually traded, uh, and this would have been back in I think, uh, 2019, maybe 2020, I traded Zach Ertz in a first to get Kittle. And, I, and I'll, I'll brag because I remember the first was the 112, so I was coming off a, the championship. And I think I did end up winning the next year, so Kittle helpful there. But yeah, to get out of Ertz then, to, and like now Kittle and Ertz value probably more than a first to get off although Kittle's probably losing value too but uh yeah I've got him in a, a couple of startup drafts because even last year I felt his value dipped a little bit going into like uh like the tw- like his 2019 season he was like almost I think he was identical points per game to Kelsey that year Kelsey was still the tight end one because Kittle missed I think two or three games but they were almost identical in terms of production and then like the hype on Kittle like he like I saw a lot of places and a lot of startups in 2020 where he was going as the first tight end off the board We've come a long way from that price. And just even last year, I felt it was such an affordable price compared to that. Even then, he's still gone down in price. So uh, three shares of Kittle. I haven't actually acquired much of him, any of him in Dynasty this year. But this is all just hanging on from startups of, of years past. 
Kyle, don't uh, you general principle of not rostering more than 50% in any of any one player? I tend to stick by that, yeah. Yeah. Your, your numbers in regards to um, – to, to the positions, I, I thought I had remembered that. Yeah, in a tight end, it's even lower. Like I, I like twenty five percent is the max for any tight end. It seems like for me, uh, because there's like I said, there's there's uh, four others or three others that I have three shares of: Will Disley from Seattle, Austin Hooper from Las Vegas, and Brenton Strange from Jacksonville. It was five total, Courtney, and, and when I told you. Uh, a week ago was true a week ago, but I, I have since traded away Adrian oh. Johnson's share. So I only have oh. two shares of him now, not three. So he's no longer my most rostered or tied for my most rostered tight end. However, Courtney's most rostered tight end is a Saints player, Juwan Johnson. So uh, we it can is, at least represent it him here. It is, it is. So, um, you know, again, I, I got a lot of Saints on my team. And I don't know if that's just because I love the Saints or if it's just, you know, it's strategy too, right? Like I, you know, I know that I've, I've, I've been talking about Juwan Johnson a lot here in the offseason. I know that I know that Jimmy Graham's back. Um, I know that Foster Moreau, you know, came back and ooh, he's back from, you know, cancer, right? And like he was and he had that rapport with Carr. Juwan Johnson's still the tight end one there. And he, you know, is going to – I. Again, I don't have faith in Michael Thomas. I don't. I just don't. I mean, I would love to be surprised because it's my team. I'd love to be surprised, but I don't. So I think that Jawan Johnson could be that, you know, like we were just saying, that wide receiver, like, you know, three, like the third in targets on the Saints. I really do. Um, he's a big guy, just like Darren Waller was for Carr, and Carr likes that. Um, so converted I, receiver, I think both of them. They used to yeah. be wide receivers that converted. To he was end. he was a wide receiver, and he tra- and he was he actually was picked up as for the from the Saints as an undrafted free agent as a wide receiver. And the Saints coaches told him, "You are huge. Transfer, you know, let's transition you into tight end." And that's what they did. And that's when he you know came off last year and started playing. So yeah, super um, fast for a tight end. I think that's what made mm-hmm. Wall like the comparison with Waller that made him so good with the yards mm-hmm. and like his ability to stretch the field Kittle as well. So as an undrafted free agent, is that how you've acquired a lot of those shares? Just picking him up because he's been. Well, I actually, I actually traded for him this year. I got him mm-hmm. um, for a third this year. Um, and I got him off waivers in 21 for seven bucks. And, <laughs> nice. and then on, in my girls startup this year, I got him at the uh, um, 11, seven. So. Oh, nice. That's so- good value. So yeah, so not horrible, and um, and that's where you know that's where I have him. So like I I think that it is a good, I, I think he's gonna be fun this year. But again, he's not your flashy tight end, right? He's not gonna be putting up those huge numbers like those top you know three or four tight ends that we have around the league. But he is gonna be a steady tight end for I, I do believe. I think he'll put up your ten plus points every week. You know, in a normal league and tight end premium. You know. Um, little bit more but i do think that he will be your set it and forget it player right you're not gonna you of course you're gonna want more right he's not gonna be that flashy tight end one but he's gonna get you your points and he'll be good enough to keep in there so yeah rather like you said 11th round i think of like where pat fryer is going in startups seventh eighth round maybe like if you can wait four rounds and you're almost gonna probably get very similar production between the two i've always kind of been that way at tight ends you're you know Reach on the early ones because they're so right. few that they're worth reaching on. But then once you get past them, then may as well just wait. And Juwan Johnson does seem like he's a, a good yep. candidate for that. I don't know that I would want to play. I think especially waiting that long at tight end, I would almost not want to have him as a plug and play every week. But I'd try and pick the matchups, which 
Taysom Hill makes that impossible because he could just vulture touchdowns any week, it seems like. But, like, okay, what are the games where the Saints are likely going to be trailing? They're, they're going up. They're underdogs. They're going to be potentially needing to throw more. You play him those weeks and the weeks he, you know, where they're, oh, they're, they're favored the, this week. They're, they're playing the Buccaneers, for instance. They'll, they'll probably, oh, wait. Actually, how does that always go? Saints. Oh, yeah. The Saints. Yeah, you're right. The Saints always crush the Buccaneers. So, yeah, that's maybe not the week you want to play Dewan Johnson because yeah. they might be running more in those weeks. So, Okay, that's when you, you shift to the other tight end you have. You know, that's when you could just like play the, the streamers off waiver wire or, or draft another one even later than him. But yeah, I think that's yeah, almost... that's a great point. That is a great point, Jamie. And yeah, and of course, like you're not the only one who has team bias, so to speak. I, I think Juwan Johnson's a good value, <laughs> so I don't say I don't think it's team bias at all. Uh, but yeah, he's got uh, Cedric Tillman in 13 leagues, so uh, you know, there's and we noticed it too. Like, okay, he's mentioned in Joku. There's a few Browns players and the players he's mentioned a lot of his roster shifts. So. Uh, I mean, I've had years in the past where I've, okay, I try to get a Packers player in every draft I do. <laughs> Not so much this year. That, that was that was MVP Aaron Rodgers years. Like, that's what you wanted because mm-hmm. there's so much upside. Um, could have upside with the car with the Saints, uh, Watson with the Browns. There, there could be upside uh, in those offenses led by those quarterbacks. I do like Jaden Reed, though, in, in, late, in late rounds this year. I really do, though. I think that he easily could be number two behind Christian Watson this year. I do. I felt he was going as a good value in rookie drafts, mm-hmm. usually late second yeah. round pick. And uh, I was, I would have been comfortable taking him probably in the early second. Like I, I think I had him at wide receiver, uh, rookie wide receiver five when it was yeah. all said and done like after it. the NFL draft. I like the capital he got. I liked his profile before, like the potential to get opportunity. There's no veteran receiver there that would mm-hmm. dominate targets. Potentially yep. it's Christian Watson, but I like almost it. as potentially it could be Jaden Reed. I like him. And I guess, yeah, perfect time to talk about wide receivers. So I don't know if that, if Tillman is Jamie's most rostered wide receiver, but mine resides in the AFC North as well. It's uh, Tyler Boyd. And uh, last year, he was my most rostered player overall across all formats, Dynasty and Redraft. And I think actually last year, a lot of it was in Redrafts. I felt he was going at such a value in Redraft last year. People were just, oh, he's the third receiver and just pushing him down. But I, I felt that I just wanted to scoop him up in almost every draft. And it's kind of flipped, and now I suddenly have five dynasty shares. Uh, I did a startup earlier this year. I, I drafted him in. I've traded for him in a couple places. Let me see. So all five leagues. So uh, yeah. So one is a, a salary cap contract league that started in 2021, and I don't think I took him in the startup. But I remember his startup price was so cheap that early in that season in 2021, I traded for him, and he's been on my team since then. Uh, yeah, one like I mentioned was a startup this year. I can, uh, I'll try and eventually find which round I took him in. I want to say like ninth round, potentially Mm. 10th round. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that was, but yeah, somewhere around there probably. Uh, I guess there's a, yeah, like I mentioned one league, I just traded for him. I gave up Rashad Bateman in a third to get Tyler Boyd in a second. So give me an Mm. extra pick in the second. And frankly, I think I might rather just have Boyd than Bateman because I, I, I also view Bateman as the third receiver on his team, but I, I like the <laughs> passing volume of the Bengals more. I suppose Bateman is more of a chance to, to be more than the number three, whereas I think Boyd's firmly implanted there, but he might see more targets than the number one wide receiver on the Ravens anyway, especially with Mark Andrews there as a target hog, hog tight end. So I kind of like getting out of Bateman for that. Uh, I guess another league, I took him in a startup last year. So uh, it's been a, just a, a kind of a bit of a variety of, of different places to go go grab Tyler Boyd. I guess a lot of it has been drafted though. I've just been drafting so much Boyd these last couple of years. So uh, 
I'll be gonna. I mean, as we get into redraft year, I've already I took him in Scott Fishbowl, so oh. it's I already started drafting more Boyd again. I, I love Boyd. He's the most underrated receiver in the NFL. So, and his his career has been crazy because he had a great rookie year, and then like his draft price like just plummeted going into year two, and then had an awful year. So it actually justified the drop in price, even though like his rookie season was a lot better than expected, but that made him such a value going to that in that third year. And then year four, he has like 140 targets or something like like second or third in the league in catches. Like it, it just nuts how his career. And then some, and then from that season on, they're like, let's just keep adding receivers to this team. Let's draft T Higgins. Let's draft Jamar Chase. We don't ever want to give Tyler Boyd 146 targets again, hundred targets. Sure. But they, they, I think that year showed, you know, high volume but low efficiency so it seems like he does fit in well though as a number two number three there was certainly a lot of usable weeks last year with all the guys getting hurt chase and or higgins missed time Mm -hmm. then you've got weeks i remember i remember there was one blow up week where tyler boyd had early in the season week two or three and i was mad at myself because i only played him in eight of nine leagues i didn't i didn't go full in 100 percent. and at that one league i didn't start him in just like oh i should have started him there too but did you lose that week uh probably i think so (laughs) if if, if i if it's the league i think it was i lost a lot last year (laughs) that one win wouldn't have probably made the difference but uh yeah tyler boyd was one of those guys where because i had so many shares of last year i was kind of like oh yeah sure i'll play him in seven leagues i'll start him there, whatever got him everywhere let's let's start him let's let's chase the bengals offense uh, Brian, I want to get to, okay, so this is interesting because you're, I guess your three most rostered dynasty players overall are all three receivers. And one of them's Calvin Ridley. So hmm. we'll talk about him now, if you'd like. Yeah. Like I said, um, two years ago, when, well, three years ago now, when I was setting up my uh, startups and stuff, Ridley was the guy. He was, he was one of the five guys I just had to have. And rather than trade him off at uh, cheap prices, I just held him. And he's coming back. And hard to say, but I expect big things from him. I don't, you know, he okay. could club up, but uh, I have high expectations for both him and the Jags' offense. So we'll see. But I never, I wasn't ever going to get the trade trade value I wanted. And now everybody's turning around wanting to trade me. Sorry if anybody's listening that's in my leagues. I held him. <laughs> So. Apparently, Boyd had a TD call back that week, so it's, it's, it could have been even more. Could have been even more. Oh well. Uh, apparently, Jamie's got Jaden Reed in seven leagues because he was taking Mims over him. So and that was that was kind of the range. Mims, Rice, Reed were all kind of going that mid-second round. Mingo was sometimes. I mean, sometimes I saw Mingo go in the first round. So <laughs> there was uh, the price on Mingo could get kind of wild. And yes, Kyle does like a thirty-one year old wide receiver with multiple ACL tears over Bateman. That is true. That that's how little Bateman has done in his first two years. You give me any confidence in his ability His because I know, and I know a lot of people say, Oh, he's missed so much time, but even the games he's played, he hasn't drawn a big target share. It's been like 15, 16%. Like there's really no difference right now between Romeo dubs and Rashad Bateman. I take Bateman just cause like, yeah, give me the guy that's tied to Lamar Jackson as opposed to Jordan love. Uh, it's actually happening. Uh, Zay, oh no. Zay Flowers is going to be the number one wide receiver by the end of the season there. I, I agree. I, I <laughs> And I think Bateman's done so little that I would easily take the shot, the re-roll on the first rounder this year, who we haven't seen done anything. Cause I don't think 
the, the range of outcomes for him to be better or worse than Bateman, I think is so skewed towards likely better. Cause I think that it's Bateman's done so little that for flowers to be worse than Bateman, I think that's a slim margin. That would be awful. And it could happen, but I would say the likelier scenario is that he does better than what Bateman has done. Now Bateman's been so bad that as a first round receiver, we would expect him to be better than this at this point. Maybe he d- takes the step up this year, but yeah, I would bet on Zay flowers. I took him in Scott fishbowl when all three receivers were on the board, Bateman, Beckham and Flowers, and I, and I feel like I maybe reached a little bit, but I, I definitely took Zay Flowers. So good for you. And Jamie's and Jamie's banking on the opposite. He's saying Bateman's number one and Zay Flowers will be a great number two. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll find out this AFC North battle. But yeah, we've we've talked about AFC North receivers for a while. Let's let's uh we can get to Calvin Ridley if you want, Brian. Yeah, I don't have much more to say about him. Just like oh. I said, I, I I kept him and nobody can have him. So. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did. That's awesome. I'm. I, that's awesome that you kept him. That's so cool. Because most people would have dumped him, thinking he went. I did. I, I sold a Calvin Ridley share for Gabe Davis, and there's a second piece. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Irv Smith, maybe. I don't know. Maybe something better. And and now, if you're looking at uh, redraft leagues and stuff, and I know this is dynasty, but you got to look at year to year basis and a lot of this stuff. Redraft, he's still considered a top forty to top forty five pick, Ridley is. And that's mm-hmm. having what almost two years off. So Yeah, it seems like he's being drafted as a top twenty wide receiver right now. Yeah. I wish I so, had more of him. I only think I have him in like one. I wish I had more of him. Now and now would be the good time to sell him to, to Brian's point. Like now that you have three shares, like this would be the he's looking good in camp. There's hype. Maybe maybe this is a really good time to sell Ridley right now because if if he disappoints at all to start the year, then we could really see his price dip. Like, okay, he was supposed to be good and now he's not. That might like kind of sell people off. And even if he does rebound towards the end of the year, they might still remember the early season struggles. So I would, yeah. if I were you, Brian, I'd look to, you know, still hang on to a couple of those shares. But if you've got three shares, see which, which league of the three and, and having multiple shares of a player, you can kind of afford to, okay, go, go make offers for specific players you like, or, you know, if there's a certain manager, like if you're in a league with me, Brian, and you think my team sucks, okay, can I get his future pick? But, like, look for those teams and see which of the three leagues can I get the best price for Ridley at? And just sell him in that one and hold him in the other two. Like, that's always a good way to manage portfolios in this case. That makes perfect sense. But one thing I would recommend okay. others on Ridley right now is you, is you, as the owner, generate the trade because the trade offers I'm getting are squat. Everybody thinks, Oh, he's he's available now. Well, not for the prices I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. You've got again. If you want to pivot down to a specific wide receiver, okay, can I go like offer that in three leagues to three different managers and see which one of them takes it? And then if the yeah. other two that don't, that's fine. I, I at least got it in one. Like that's kind of go down the list of what receivers you'd specifically target. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, like Deontay, for instance, or something. Uh, but now. The one thing I want to talk about is our most rostered rookies. And Brian, one of your most rostered rookies is a wide receiver, Jordan Addison. So I thought it was actually the perfect transition point here. Yeah, one thing about about Addison, he was more – I was always in the rookie draft, drafting right there at the 107, 108. I mean, that's kind of kind of where I was. And he's uh, he was my second receiver behind Njigba. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with Addison on a, on a really good offense. I think yeah. I think he's got a lot of upside. Agreed. With, with Thielen being gone, there's more targets available. I also love Hawkinson. I, I see Hawkinson as tight end three, but it would not shock me if he finishes ahead of Andrews. I actually have them at almost identical points per game. 
I have Hawkinson with more targets and receptions than Andrews, but Andrews edges them out better yards per, per catch. And also, uh, I think one extra touchdown. I think I've got him at seven or maybe even eight and Hawkinson only at six touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me. I, I do want to give out a little shout. I didn't um, talk about my, I, I bleed black and gold and Deontay. You're, you're I was, I was going to give you that opportunity at the end, Brian, but if you want to talk about him now, feel free. <laughs> We have we have to get I had to get my love out there for Deontay. I didn't know if we if we went over if we were going to go over him, but uh, I, I bleed black and blue and black and gold. And apparently last week I just bled. I had to have a transfusion on Friday. So Deontay, I'm, I appreciate you being there, man. Oh, yeah. So three shares of each of them: Calvin Ridley, Jordan Addison, Deontay Johnson. So yeah, this I guess it's the perfect point to talk about all three. I suppose. Gator. <laughs> so I, I I love all three of them. They're good. They're good days. Well, okay. Gator just came in, so you know what I'm gonna do. Basically, what we just did with Brian cover two like two birds with one stone, or get two birds stone, however the expression is. Um, Gator's most rostered rookie is also his mm-hmm. most rostered wide receiver and most rostered dynasty player overall. It's not a Florida Gator, but he will have this player will have a Florida Gator as quarterback. Josh Downs. So uh, thanks for Gator for sharing. He has Downs in, uh, where did I see it? Uh, seven, seven leagues at 41% of his uh, dynasty yep. leagues have a Josh Downs share. And I, I love Downs coming out before the draft. He was my wide receiver four in the class. Mm. And he did fall considering the landing spot and don't love it tied to a rookie quarterback. And, and the fact that he was a third rounder, I was expecting him to be you know, an early second rounder. So uh, oh yeah, you can jump in, Gator. So yeah, feel free. Um, I don't know. If, well, don't think I have to send you the link. Just sign in, but I'll I'll go and send you the link anyway. Uh, but yes. Um, okay. Yes. While we're waiting for Gator, let's talk about the rest of our rookies. So Courtney, look at that. Another Saints player, Kendra Miller. I love I love Kendra. So I, I get. I I love this pick for sure. I, I uh, I'm a big look. fan of Kendra Miller. I loved watching this kid at TCU and he was behind my boy. Um, you know, he was behind my boy, uh, um, Zach Evans who came over to Ole Miss. Right. And so it's not like, it's not like Miller ever had like a full, he had one full year to show his stuff. And so he was always behind these guys. Right. And I just think it's the same way I, I, I drafted him. Yes. I drafted him because he was the saints, but I also drafted him because I, we all knew something was looming with, with Kamara, right? Like we all knew something was going to happen. I actually thought it was going to be a couple more games, but he's also 28 and uh, he showed dips last year. I know it was a rough year for the whole saints, but he showed dips. Well, except for my boy, Halave, but um, you know, but he showed dips. And I just think that, I think that Miller's the future there. And I think that he is going to surprise a lot of people. And I think it is going to be fun to watch him because he is, I mean, He's a he's not the greatest receiving back, but he will get there. But I mean, what in his overall at TCU, he had he had almost fourteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns. I mean, the kid's not just a fluke. And so, yes, I drafted him. I got him at, in my rookies this year at two hundred six, two hundred eight, and two ten. So I actually oh, wow, traded great value. I actually traded um, traded to get an extra pick in the second round to pick him up. So I took so, yeah, him. So. One. So yeah, so I, I grabbed him. I love him. I'm sticking with him. I picked him up in um 
in our actual going for two league. Oh, the Raiders <laughs> and, nice. and everybody was like, what? And I'm sure people were like, what? And I'm like, I don't care. I, I have faith that he's going to play a little bit this year. And, uh, and I think that he'll actually be slotted in more than we think he will be this year as a rookie. So I took him at 113 of a 14 team super. Bowl. Oh wow! So I I believed he's he's like Deion Jackson where he was the second highest film grade for me this year behind, and this year another obvious case Bijan Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I was super high on Kendra. Even now I still still like him more than Charbonnet. Yeah. And I'm just, I just think that he's going to, I just think that he's going to be a lot better than people think he is. I mean, like I said, you know, he was behind Zach Evans and he wasn't, he's never been given that full load. And so I just, yeah, I love him. So I took him in three. I wish I had him in more. I think Kyle and I both had him like RB three or RB four in the rookie class. So we were high on him. Yeah. And I had him all over in best ball though. I have him all over in best ball. I've been blacking out. This is my first year really getting into best ball. So, I mean, you can ask Gator. I've been asking him tons of questions on him and stuff, but, um, I have been picking him up everywhere. I got him in my fishbowl. I got him everywhere. So I'm trying. <laughs> well, I'll gladly ask Gator in person because he's here on the stream now. Gator's back, folks. Glad to have you, dude. <laughs> Good Lord. It's been a minute. How we doing? How we doing? Oh, better now that you're here, Gator. Well, the work has been kicking my hind end. So that's all. That's all. That's all good. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Jamie, stop it. Stop it with the Roshan stuff. Stop it. Just stop. Well, it's funny because I, 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 after the NFL draft, my quick reaction was I'm ranking Roshan ahead of Charbonnet. So I, I'm with Jamie yeah, I, on the Roshan. I agree with that. I mean, it's, it's been over the last, what, two, two or three weeks, there's been a lot of Roshan over Khalil Herbert talk. So, you know, there is a, there is a possibility. Listen, I was a huge Roshan fan. Even because, look, if you're behind the number one, in college football, mm-hmm. like this dude would have been a number one. There's 156 teams, I think it is, or right about 156 teams in Division One football. He would have been a number one on 154 of them. Yep. Yeah, just not on it, TCU or just, or Texas. Right, but that, <laughs> the two Texas schools. He, if he was in any other state, he would have been a number one running team. back. But yeah, absolutely. And so Roshan was, I was super high on Roshan coming out. The, the, the landing spot does matter. Um, and where he's at there, you know, of course at that point you still thought David Montgomery was a chance. The Khalil Herbert got a lot of opportunity last year, but I do believe Roshan is going to get more than a 40% share. And he's going to, to knock out Deontay Foreman. He's going to knock out uh, anybody else that's behind him. And he's very, very possible by, you look back at what Tampa did last year with, with uh, Rashad White, right? Leonard Fournette was the number one, undoubtedly the number one in that offense when it came to running backs. By week seven, week eight, there started to be a shift and you could very possibly see that shift this year in Chicago with the Roshan is a better blocker than, than Kalu Herbert is. And Kalu Herbert was a good blocker last year. Oh, really? I thought he was awful. I remember talking to uh, Carlos Nazario 
on the he you know he's full well, press I mean, various managing editor and he came on the Packers pod a couple times and he was he specifically mentioned that like that's the reason Montgomery is playing so much is because Herbert's not good in pass protection. Well, and that may be possible too. So that 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 is even I I would I was thinking the opposite way. That, I'll that, go a step it, further, Jay, sorry to, to step over. I I think he's a better pass catcher than Herbert. Oh, there's no Her, doubt. There's Her, no Herbert doubt. and Foreman really don't have much of a pass catching history in the NFL at all. And I know that was something that Roshan seemed to excel at. He was taking Bijan off the field on third downs at times. Like and there's, there's those for something. So I, I would, I would be surprised if he doesn't have the most receptions out of those three, but I could also easily see him having the least carries of those three. If he's going to have the third down role, which could still be good for fantasy. Maybe though, that is one of the worst teams to have a third down role for, right? Like that's the one thing is if, if that was a third down role in the Bengals, Oh my God, that's great. But it's, <laughs> so I'm still enthusiastic about Roshan, but I've I've come around more. Like if I'm picking one of them in redraft, I I think I would still pick Khalil Herbert because I still expect Herbert to get the most carries this year. Well, yeah, you you expect but in Dynasty, I would rather have Roshan. Yeah, you expect it for for you know, and I know we're talking Dynasty, but in redraft, you definitely want to get Khalil Herbert, especially for the first six to eight weeks, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But the five the, to six, if you ask Jamie, five to six, okay. Five to six, six to eight, whatever. Sorry, Jamie, I, I didn't mean to to bust that five to six week bubble. But if it's <laughs> if it's if you're sitting there looking at Dynasty, it is absolutely Roshan Johnson that you oh, want yeah. in that backfield. He had higher draft capital than Herbert. This oh, current regime drafted him, not yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, Maggie, this is, whoever drafted Herbert. <laughs> The they they got Deontay Foreman on a one year deal. They've got uh, this is the last year of Khalil Herbert's deal. If if Roshan turns out to be half, three quarters of what Bijan is going to be in year one, the Bears are, are going to ride with him, right? It's it's that's it. It's done. It's Roshan's backfield. Going forward, Jamie felt betrayed. He took Herbert over Roshan in a best ball, and then he got Roshan at the next pick anyway. Uh, Brian, Brian, can you hear us? Uh oh. Yeah, I lost Brian. The good, the only good news is that we've got, we've, uh, hey, he, his instinct on talking Deontay was correct because we've, we've at least been able to get him to talk about all his players. Um, I guess going back to our most rostered rookies, Jay, you and I have a, our most rostered rookies are Colts rookies. Uh, mine's Evan Hull, which again, no shock to anyone who's listened to this podcast. This yep. is it's funny. This is Dion Jackson 2.0, essentially. Uh, <laughs> I I had him before the draft. I had him, I think, RB4, 5, most of the process, even a top six guy. And even after the draft, I, I don't think I dropped him further than like RB11. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the late capital. And right now, he might he might be the starting Colts running back week one. Who knows? Well, I mean, you, you look what what did he go? Fourth round, fifth round? Oh, he know he was a I think he was a six rounder to be honest. Okay, six round six round pick. But you look at some of these, you know, we we don't like to predict injury, of course, at a, ever. But you look at some of these running backs that have that have popped. Take a take a uh, uh, Damian Pierce. Fourth round pick, late fourth round pick, if I'm not mistaken, um, and then pops and and 
and now you're you're grabbing him in the the late third, late fourth of your rookie drafts last year. And now you're you know if if you were smart like I was, not tooting my own horn here, but if you were smart like I was, you turned around and traded him three quarters of the way through the season last year and got a Najee Harris and a second round pick. That's true. Unlike me, who I didn't have any shares last year and I've been trading for him this year now. Right. And now you're overpaying because, well, you're, 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 you're buying on the hype. You're buying well, what he just did. One of the, one of those was literally, I gave up Sky Moore straight up for Pierce. So I didn't think that was an overpay. No, that's not an overpay at all. It, that league does skew heavily towards receivers this season, but yeah. It, uh, Brian, can you hear us well? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. All right. Awesome. Brian's back. Uh, but yes, uh, Gator, we can get to your most rostered again. It's the trifecta, your most rostered wide receiver, your most rostered rookie and your most naturally rostered player overall, Josh Downs, Josh Downs. Yeah. So if you look back two years ago um, in the 2021 season, he was, he was looked upon as the wide receiver two out of the class. If he would have come out, he decided to stay or, you know, because he couldn't come out, he, he, but he was looked upon as, as that guy that was going to be a game changer, right? Like the JSNs, the, the, the Williams, those, those, those types of players. And because of the quarterback change that, 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 that North Carolina had, it dropped in on the board. Now, the other players, of course, jumped up the board because of their quarterback play and, of course, their play specifically on the field. But Josh Downs was somebody that, you know, and this is, again, I'm looking at these players and I'm like, you know, when we were talking about doing this, I'm like, God darn, I got to go and look at where I've got, you know, players rostered. I'm like, why do I have so much of this? Why do I have so much of that player? And it's because I'm drafting in like that, that 9 10 area 11 area where i'm like well shit i don't even have the options to get a Bijan, uh, or you know or a mm-hmm. Jimmy gibbs or you know a jsn in some of these leagues that's why i have josh downs at 41 percent because i'm drafting you know at that 10 spot that 8 9 10 spot and i'm like well the only other person that i'm drafting that i would draft over uh, Josh Downs at that point would have been like at Addison, like I, you know, even at that point, I'm like, I'm, I'm now I've I've come around on Kincaid. I, I may have taken a little bit more Kincaid, but I'm still like I'm good with Josh Downs with with what the the offense looks like in Indy. You've got Alex Pierce. You've got um uh uh what's the other wide receiver's name? That yes, that's going to run the, the 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 deep routes. Josh Downs is going to be playing that slot and just going to be peppered with targets in a PPR league. Give me Josh Downs, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with that. Like I don't think I have, if I have 41, percent I think in 20, maybe 33 percent, he's going to be on my starting roster. Hmm. Just just to just to have those peppered targets. Now, it, every it, every, uh, every uh, Richardson touchdown and to Downs, you're just going to double celebrate. <laughs> yes yes go gators yes yeah you had to say yes twice there yes 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 yes, yes. 
Well, and, and like I think I was mentioning just before you came on, uh, pre-draft, I had Josh Downs as my wide receiver four in the class. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, JSN Addison, I was willing to take the shot on Quentin Johnston. I thought uh, enough, he's shown enough in college. Yeah, the hands, the lack of hands catching was was maybe a concern, but I was willing to take Quentin Johnston, but no one else. Like I would have taken him ahead of Zay Flowers. Obviously, the NFL draft has come and gone, and, and that price has uh, changed. My only Josh Downs shares came from a rookie draft that was before the NFL draft. And I felt I got him at like, I think I got him at like 206. And I felt that was just like a, a screaming value. Like, oh man, there's clearly no pe- player better here. I'd probably view him as an early third to late second round now. So that's, I think that's why I ended up not ha- having him in many mm-hmm. uh, rookie drafts after the NFL draft. I felt like I had invested too early on him. So I wasn't going to reach in the post NFL draft rookie drafts. And he just, a lot of times though, he was going in that second round still. So. Yeah, I, I a little too early to get that one chair. I was super excited, and then it uh, kind of muted my excitement afterwards uh, yes. when I saw the the third round capital in the landing spot. Uh, that uh, made me a little yeah. less, less than enthused. I I love the the landing spot for Quentin Johnson, but the, the the question marks around him with like you just brought up the, the body catches. It's it's not a hands catch, and in when we know how that turns out in the NFL, if you're not hands catching, you're either riding the bench or you're waterboying it. And and that that's what concerns me. I will say of the four first round wide receivers, he was the only one I don't have a share of right now. So I have zero shares of Quentin Johnston, which which you know sometimes makes me sad when you know because of the shares that I have of of uh, Herbert. And again, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I, I'm in 17 leagues here, which is what I've put on here. But I've I've actually got like 37 leagues total. Yeah, I just went off of of what I mean, it's. It's insane. It's bad. It's, it's, this is not a healthy. This it's is not an addiction. We He's just chopping up all those dynasty <laughs> leagues. Ah, oh, another one. I'm giving another one. Oh. I, I, I no means is it a healthy obsession. So <laughs> sweet spot than I'd rather be in. That's for sure. Well, well like Courtney and I are in the same. I, I will put it to you like this: in season, Wednesdays suck because my damn phone does not stop going. It's like. If I take it off the charge, it's dead. And it's a brand new phone <laughs> because of all of the waiver alerts. <laughs> yeah. And you, notifications and all the sleeper notifications of if you're injured or whatever. One one mass alert, like all at one time. No, no. We got to have like seven, seven hours of alerts. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. In case you didn't know, even though you've gotten 50 messages in the past hour, here's another. By the way, um, there's still an issue with uh, with with Jim Ursay and, you know, Jonathan Taylor. An hour later. Or you mentioned Ursay's name a couple times in the show. I was just bringing up the alerts that I get on Sleeper because it's like, uh, oh, wait, there's another alert. Jim, oh, Jim Ursay, still babbling idiot. <laughs> it's, oh it's, just, it's just another, it's just another, and that's the only thing. Like I have, I have a good bit. I don't know if you brought this up or not, but I have a, a out of the 17 leagues that I put on here, I've got a good bit of a rich and. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a Gator fan, I I, I truly believe in him. It was, it was truly with Jonathan Taylor being there. Like, I thought that was going to help. And if they don't have that, there is an issue, at least in my opinion, of what Anthony Richardson can bring to an NFL team. Yes, we all know that he's going to be able to rush the ball 
you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, especially with 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 uh with uh, Shane Steichen being the the the, the uh, head coach. But when you sit there and you look at it, it's you sh- as a rookie, you still want that running game, and you have you know a Jonathan Taylor who is great in the running game, and then also good, maybe not great, but good in the passing game. So there's where my 29% of A-Rich comes in, and now I'm a little bit worried that I might be overexposed to Anthony Richardson, being that I am a um, a, a Gator. And now I'm looking at it going, okay, maybe I'm overexposed. And now because of, of the Jonathan Taylor issues, you can't even sell him now. Like there's, there's question marks about, you know, what is his value because of no running back. And then, of course, then you have the injuries with the, with the other running backs. So that's a that's a huge question mark for me. And now it's I, I, I do have a thought on like stuff you can you can do there. But let's uh, let's just uh, get our guest because uh, you may have to leave soon, Courtney. So uh, we haven't talked about your most rostered player overall yet, and kind of saving the best for last. Another Saints player, Chris Olave. I'm sure you've been excited to talk about him for the past hour and a half. So we're giving you that chance now. Thanks for waiting so patiently. <laughs> I have to go put my child in bed and cook eight in dinner with him before I put him into bed because I got to work at like 530 in the morning. So, um, your time or our time, huh? Your time or our time. It doesn't matter. That's still early enough either way. It doesn't matter. I still, and it's a 30 minute drive to the hospital. So I got to get up at about, uh, I usually get up around 430 or so. Um, <laughs> but, um, that means no alcohol for me tonight. Right. I see you <laughs> drinking that cocktail down there, Gator or your beer down there. No. Oh, Swamp Coke? water from the, Pepsi, where the swamp water? It's just water. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, um, look, I watched Chris Olave at Ohio State, and um, I, you know, when we traded up to get him at the Saints, I just knew that we had a special player. Um, the fact that he put up so many yards last year with Andy Dalton, for God's sakes, I mean – I grabbed him everywhere in the first round. I didn't even I didn't even think there wasn't even a thought process. The second that my that I came on the clock, I took him in my in my rookie drafts, every single one of them. Um, and so, you know, obviously if what and I had those first round picks, right? If if, if it fell later, you know, but I got him at uh one five, one eight, and one seven last year. And so and I and that's just all there's nothing else I can say about him. I am happy to have him. I love him. I think he's explosive. I think he has everything that, you know, we need in a wide receiver one. And I think he is going to be the wide receiver one there for years to come. And the fact that he's got an upgrade in Derek Carr is, you know, is music to my ears. And I think that he is, he's a special player and I'm happy to have him. And like I said, I, it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a look at who's left on the, you know, look at who's left or strategize. I knew exactly i was taking him every single chance i could so i did and i love him and i'm very happy about it and even the 105 that may have by consensus rankings seemed like a reach last year even if not a massive reach he's completely exceeded that value so don't care like i said i went in thinking i went in going knowing that i was because i actually i actually co-manage a um, league with uh, another gentleman and um and he was like all right well what do you want you know he was like you do more rookies than i do and i said I want Chris Olave. I said, I don't care. We're getting him wherever he falls. Um, it was the same way this year with Miller. <laughs> so, and I was like, we have to have him. So, you know, and he was like, it's just because you're a Saints fan. I was like, watch, just wait and see. He's going to be, he's going to be 
you know, he can be as good as Justin Jefferson. He just, he can be, he just has to have, he has to have that right quarterback. And it's not like, it's not like Kirk Cousins is this amazing quarterback, right? He just knows how to make those plays and, and knows how to find, you know what I mean? Like he knows how to scramble and get, get to his guy, get to Justin Jefferson. It's not like Kirk Cousins is a top five quarterback. So Derek Carr's not either, but he is an elevation from Andy Dalton. And I am excited for the season with Chris Olave. I really am. And I'm glad that I have him everywhere. And I'll tell you what, same thing, you know, people have been shooting me trade offers right and left for him. And I'm like, as soon as I see him, I'm like, delete, delete. I don't even, I don't even think about it because I'm not getting rid of him. I'm not. And I know that people might be like, oh, but you could have gotten Bijan this year. You could have done this or whatever. You know, I don't care. I'm not letting him go. I love him. He's mine. That's it. That's the the Bijan, like to try and acquire Bijan was pretty ridiculous. You're probably playing more than Olave. You're probably better off to stick. Right. That's exactly what's going to be my question. So like to get up to a Bijan, and of course you only want Bijan if you're a win now team, because again, we're talking about a running back, but you're going to be spending at least Chris Olave plus mm-hmm. a first, maybe a first and a second to go with mm-hmm. Olave. And to truly I'm, upgrade at receiver, you're probably having to go up to Chase or Jefferson in those prices. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous yeah, but you like- can almost, you can almost just, just with what Olave did last year, like, like Courtney was just saying with what court, with, with what Olave did last year with a very, very subpar Andy Dalton. Yeah. yeah. And Taysom Hill, you could almost get a Chase or a Jefferson for Olave in a second, Olave in a late first. This show is still going to be going when Courtney goes to work. Oh, I mean, yeah, he almost he had over a thousand yards last year with Andy Dalton. I mean, that's in my opinion, and and he played hurt. You know, he had a couple games hurt. I mean, when he went down in that one game, I was like. <gasps> Oh God, get up, please God, get yeah. up. You know, but I think I think Chris Olave, the fact that the Saints, they they knew what they were getting and they knew the future, and he is the future. It's not Michael Thomas, it's not Shahid. It is oh, Chris Olave, hands down. The, the Michael Thomas hate. Look, I, it's not that I don't I don't trust him. I don't I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. I don't trust him. Well, to maybe to avoid this prophecy from JB coming true, maybe we'll get Courtney out of here so she can again <laughs> go, go be with your little one. Uh, we do trust you, though. We're really happy you were able to make it onto the gambit and talk about your. Thank you so so much, guys. I appreciate y'all's uh, y'all letting me on and appreciate you letting me ramble. And uh, mwah, thank you guys. Thank you, Courtney. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. Yes, they are. Courtney can be found and followed uh, on Twitter at Love Tractor Three. That's Louv Tractor. Louv Tractor. I don't know how to pronounce L-U-V. L-U-V. I love love that way of spelling love. If Jordan Love's name was spelled with a U-V instead of L-O-V-E, I, I, I think I'd love him a little more. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so one last thing, talk about quarterback, and, and maybe Gator, we could talk about uh, just Anthony Richardson. Uh, really quick, my most rostered quarterback and ro- most rostered player overall is, so anticlimactic, Nathan Rourke. Do you guys know who that is? <laughs> uh, oh, I saw that on the spreadsheet, and I was like, "Is that a typo?" I don't know who the guy is. <laughs> of course. Uh, again, how do we acquire these players is key. Uh, this is this is like you can go to your league right now, whoever you are listening, and go pick up Nathan Rourke for free, unless you're in a league with me. But if you're not in a league with me, 
you can go pick up Nathan Rourke for free. You spend zero fab. You don't have to spend any waiver priority. Just go pick him up. Um, so right now he is the technically, I guess, third string quarterback for the Jaguars. I, you know, I, I guess I could see the scenario where CJ Beathard is the main backup this year. They want that veteran presence next to Lawrence one year left in the contract though. Maybe that's Rourke's job where he, you know, not that we want Trevor Lawrence to get hurt. I already mentioned he's one of my most rostered starting quarterbacks, but in, uh, instances where he could be an injury away, I think Rourke has tons of upside. So He's young. He's, I think, only 24, 25. He played at Ohio University for, I think, three or four years. He was draft eligible in 2021, went undrafted, signed in the CFL, uh, two-year rookie contract. How did I know? There's didn't, the time. Didn't there play is. much. There yeah, is. there's the connection. There it is. He's all, he also is actually Canadian and, um, you know, not, and did something that not a lot of Canadian quarterbacks do, but really not a lot of quarterbacks do, but you know, played, I think, three games as a rookie. Didn't really see much action. And then as a second-year player, just completely dominated the league last year. And uh, unfortunately, the BC Lions lost in the playoffs, unfortunately for, for him. Uh, but uh, you know what he did at such a young age was so impressive. And just the ways he was doing it was really impressive. He's really good pocket mobility. He's like great at evading tackles, I felt. He's good at throwing on the run, really strong arm. Uh, Cannon, Cannon Canada, I think, was his, uh, was his nickname at Ohio University. So... Um, they just, you know, the strong arm, the the pocket mobility, the everything you want in like a 21st century quarterback, I think is there. So if he ever gets a chance to start, I think he's got a, a lot of high upside for a non-starting quarterback. And if he, like if, you know, once his, I think he's on a two-year contract with the Jaguars. Once that's done, maybe he signs somewhere with a starter. It likely isn't, his long-term place to start likely isn't Jacksonville. But if he can show enough and get enough, Apparently there was a, there was interest in him. Like this wasn't just the, he just signed with the Jaguars. He had worked out in the off season for like, I want to say like a dozen NFL teams. So there was interest. Like there was at least a awareness of who he was. He chose the Jaguars. He seemed to seem to like the regime. I think he liked the idea that there was no pressure. He wasn't going to go somewhere where they might throw him in when he's unprepared. seems like, okay, I can learn from Lawrence for a little bit, but also I think he, he likes the coaching staff. Like they just, Peterson just got hired and they just won a playoff game his first year. Like his job is pretty secure there, probably long term. So he also went to a coaching staff that isn't going to get fired all of a sudden. And then he's got to prove himself to someone else. So I think he, he chose wisely with the Jaguars. This is really just like a long term stash. Now, because he never signed an NFL contract in 2021, he is technically a rookie. Like even though if he was draft eligible two years ago, he never used up his rookie eligibility because he went directly to the CFL. So he's still a rookie on, on, I know I've got him on MFL and sleeper leagues. He's a rookie in all platforms. So you can put him on the taxi squad, which I think is incredibly wow. important to all this. Cause it's a long-term stash. You might have to hold him there for a couple of years, but like, if you can just pick up any quarterback for free and they turn into anything, even if I, you know, if it's a, it's a future spot starter that someone gives me a third for yeah. that's worth it in at least one of those six leagues. So this is oh. really just like a, a long shot. I like the kid. And if he ever hits, I want him in every league. <laughs> just so they're like, okay, yeah, I, I, I believe in him. I'll pick him up in at least one league tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> All that's... right, there you go. Just get that one Nathan Work share. Yeah, you got to get a share of him somewhere, right? Especially since he's you're you're able to throw him right onto a taxi squad. Like, that's, that's one of those ones. If he's got a two-year contract, you can sit there and, and grab him now for nothing. Throw him on a taxi squad, and in most taxi squads, if if they're not, are, are 
two years. First and second year players. Yeah. Right. Some are just rookie only, but uh, so I can... will say as a Packers fan, I've been kind of eyeing that. Okay. Jordan Love, two years left on yeah. his contract. Is, is, that, is he going to be the Packers future quarterback? I've no idea. There's other teams out there. Like if he ends up, you know, after the two years, does he go to the Rams? Does he go to the Jets? Does he, you know, these, these teams that have these aging quarterbacks that all of a sudden now there's a quarterback battle. You know, and, and this guy, as soon as he signs with another team in two years, like you just said, if I can turn this free waiver wire pickup, you know, preseason of 2023, I can turn him into a second round pick because, well, now he's signed with X team. Yep. You know, absolutely. It's, it's, listen, it's about, stock, you know, it's like stock options, right? That's, that's what Dynasty is stock options. This player, I'm gonna. I'm. It's all about return on investment. And in dollars, you've got guys like Brian Hoyer, um, Kellen Mond, and players mm-hmm. like that are currently rosters. So. Well, it, it, to be honest, it, it's very, very similar to what I just said. Yes, I spent a fourth round pick on Damian Pierce last year. Turn that into what was a first round pick, and got a second on top of that. With 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 uh, Harris and a second, you know, just because of a spike. Yep, he may be the best damn thing, you know, coming this year. I don't see it in Houston, but the same thing with Nathan Rourke. Yep, with him being a rookie, you can stash him, and I would never recommend anybody stashing running backs on their taxi squad because of the lifespan. So, don't do that. But. You can yeah, do that's that where you're going to put those receivers that are or those tight ends that take time to develop. Right. Right? You, you, want to, you want to be able to play those running backs year one because they're going to the advantage right. of taking them in rookie drafts is the immediate usability, the immediate, immediate flippability in trades. Right. And you, but you can do that with a quarterback, and as soon as they sign somewhere, boom, now it costs you nothing. Your return on investment, no matter what they do in the league is going to be better than than what your investment was. Can't be worse than a free add-off waivers. That's it. Cost it. whatever player you, you uh, drop to pick them up, essentially. Well, no, it's our probably viewers, a worthless player our, that you were going to drop anyway, right? We'll know our viewership tomorrow went on sleeper. He's the most added quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I, um, I'm just going to put this out there. Jeff, if, if tomorrow that O'Rourke, I'm sorry, not O'Rourke, but Rourke is the, the most added, Sleeper owes us money. Exactly. And right there with the Chrome Dome special of the week. So. Well, I was going to say, all the people who win money off Rourke eventually, that they'll owe us money, right? <laughs> we, we have a few years before you cash in on that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes. So, um, and I don't know, like, I guess, Gator, if you've heard much in Jacksonville, because it seems like they've only got three quarterbacks in training camp. It really is just Lawrence, Bethard, and Rourke. And they, like, it seems like they don't have a camp arm. Like, every... All they want all three of them to get every rep possible, essentially. Because I, I know there was like the talk one day. I guess they were giving all three a break, and that's why Calvin Ridley was was playing quarterback and throwing the football. Like that's that's how little they have, though. Like like a lot of teams, they'll still bring a fourth, maybe even fifth quarterback in just to have someone throw. But it seems like they've got. I mean, Bethard not so much, but with Lawrence and Rourke, they've got two young quarterbacks. It's like let's just give these guys reps. So that yeah. tells me that this isn't just a, a little experiment for Jacksonville. They're either going to put them on the practice squad or they might seriously consider work as their backup this year and that like i bet if lawrence gets hurt sorry brian but if lawrence gets hurt bethard we know he's like he's a game manager capable of playing the nfl but like that force multiplier x factor of like 
like true difference making talent works more likely to be that but he might you know be more prone to mistakes the learning the speed of the nfl game compared to the cfl game or even the where do you play he played in the mac conference i think in college like the, the nfl is a step up from that but if, if he can adjust i i wonder if the jags view him as like he, he gives us a better shot to win more games and not and like have the quarterback win us the game as opposed to just have them game manage it yeah I mean, I'm only two hours from I haven't heard a bunch, but that just tells me that they're sticking with the guys that they have, right? They're they're not going to it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And then, you know get him as many reps with Ridley as possible. Like let's yeah. build this connection with these receivers. Like he what he well, did Kirk even one year last year is great. What can you do with after a second yep. training camp with them? It's and you saw that last year with with the you know, going through the year, getting to the playoffs you know, having a phenomenal playoff win, um, you know, against, uh, I almost said San Diego. You say the chokers? <laughs> almost. I almost said it. I almost said San Diego. But, it, you know, having a having a great win against the Chargers, um, or a great comeback, I should say, against the Chargers, the 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 rapport that, that Lawrence and and the wide receivers, of course, led by, by uh, Christian Kirk, had – and then, of course, you know, um, Evan Ingram, that was that was phenomenal. But I think they 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 trust that offensive line enough to protect Trevor Lawrence. That they know that as long as he is upright, he's fine. Like as long as he's not hit, he's fine. We don't have to worry about the the quote unquote injury bug. And let's get everybody reps. And if that means all the quarterbacks take a day off and let Calvin Ridley, who is who needs to have the 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 rapport and the reps with Trevor Lawrence, let him play quarterback for a day, fine. But I think the the ultimate thing comes down is you got to look back at what Doug Peterson has done in the past, right? He's he's not gone out there and got a bunch of quarterbacks. He sticks to his guys. And it, it is what it is, and we'll ride with these guys. Carson Wentz gets injured. All right, Nick Foles, you're up. Win a Super Bowl. I think even to see what they did with Beathard, like they they signed him early in free agency. Like let's let's just get this quarterback room established. Like that's what it is. Let's work on game plans with them from the start. They're going to take every rep in OTAs, every tap rep in, in training camp. Yeah. Sorry, Brian. Did you want to? Sorry, David. But Brian, did you want to add to this at all? No, I was just going to say I, I'm. I think Rourke is going to be the backup. I'm. I'm totally convinced of that. Now, Bethard's not that great, so they they gave him a, a one year contract, maybe like a million and a half guaranteed, or, or like it wasn't fully guaranteed, but like I think it was. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and it it truly looks like, you know, I, I don't know what where the what the depth charts look like, but of course it's only week one of the preseason, which depth charts don't mean a damn thing. But when you're looking at the at the, the the camp news, you don't see a lot of Bethard news. It, it, it's just not there. It's it's Trevor Lawrence, and then ooh wow, look what Ridley's doing. That's what everyone's focused on is Ridley. Yeah, really, like, you know, when it looks at quarterbacks, it's like ooh, look what Rourke just did. Ooh, look what Rourke just did. Right? They've it, all seen Bethard enough that they like. Yeah, there's nothing he does that impresses. We know exactly who he is. So I think, honestly, I, I think just like Brian just said, you might have just turned me on to somebody that I can go grab 
and you know, not for my team, but just to grab and, and I'll stash him. All I need is, you know, again, it's just an injury away or a signing away. Like if if something happens with San Francisco, for instance, right? They've got 74 quarterbacks over there. All of them get hurt again. Well, no, but let's say, let's say, and I think this is a this is a viable possibility. They do trade Trey Lance, right? They start Brock Purdy. Elbow issue is a reoccurring issue. Sam Darnold is then now the starter. And Sam, Sam Darnold issues reoccurring issues in terms of play. Sam Darnold <laughs> issues. And they look at Jacksonville and go, look, I just need somebody to get the ball out. And Jacksonville goes, okay, well, we'll trade you this guy. Who we, all we, we this, again spent nothing on other than the money we've paid him as a contract. All of, this, all of a sudden, for fantasy players, it's like, holy crap, this guy is now the starter. Boom. He's a starting quarterback. Now he's worth more than just a second. Yep. He may not be worth a first, but now he's worth more than a second. You got a second and another piece, another shot at a quarterback. This year and a second next year. Yeah. And you spent $0 on him. Nathan Rourke, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, our most rostered episode is our most longest episode, but but Jay sold, just sold, did, sold, sold. Did you want to just uh, like touch on Richardson, like and and what like what are you thinking of doing with him right now? Are, are you thinking of trying I mean, to tear down off him in some of those leagues? Like, can you? I, I think he's absolutely a hold at this point. I mean, it's it's all about Jonathan Taylor for me. It, it's as there is no way that I can get the value that I spent on him, right? There, you just I just don't think it's possible. Um, I guess a couple names that come to mind is can you tear up not too far up? Cause like right now it seems like Richardson's valued as like a first round startup pick. Mm -hmm. Can you get another quarterback in that first round? Can you tear well, up from Richardson to Lawrence, for instance, maybe you probably won't. It's probably gonna be expensive to go from Richardson to like a Mahomes or a Hurts, But I wonder if, if Lawrence might be just good well, enough with enough upside, but also cheap enough and attainable where you're not giving up too much extra on top of Richardson. Let me ask it this way. And and so Mahomes, for instance, would be worth what three first? I mean, Is that Mahomes, fair? I I think you, you could ask well, five first, and someone yeah. like might be willing to pay that. So it's so it's like, but yeah, three first probably a minimum. Yeah, yeah, a good baseline. Probably the minimum. You, for any you, any first round startup pick player, you're probably looking for three first. Yeah, and and, and I would actually, if Richardson hits, and this is a big if. You know, big ass asterisks. If he hits, he could be Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts in that range, right? So we're talking about what QB, where he's going off the board, probably somewhere around QB 11, QB 12, somewhere in that range. I could see him as early as maybe QB nine in some startups too, but yeah, yeah. somewhere that back end of that first. Yeah. Would you put, would you put, would you put him over Jalen Hurts right now? And that's kind of the All thing. The potential is in the world is, yeah. How how many people would like if it if Mahomes costs three first and you approach with Richardson, it's that probably counts as one of those first, right? Like you, okay, right. give me two other first, and then maybe that price. But right. and, and, it would, and and to me, it would have to be early first, right? You'd have to be able to gauge it enough to go. It would have to be. Early I want two first. shots at quarterback. I want that second four, top five picks, yeah. right? Yeah. So I wonder if Lawrence may be attainable. And I guess the other yeah. guy in that same draft class is Lawrence's Fields. Like 
those would be the two I would look okay, at. Fields, I could see it because of the the similar. Um, He's viewed as a risky enough prospect. They're, they're risky enough, but it would still probably cost you. It would still probably cost you. You're still tearing up for Richardson, right? Yeah, it would still probably. Why tear up for more Richardson risk? In and a in in a late first, early second. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. As much as I like Fields, and as much as I like, I see him as the same is the same player. I see more upside with Richardson because of the body size. You know, I see him more of the, if you can remember back a few years where you had Michael Vick, right? Where he, you know, yes, he could escape the pocket and take a hit and then keep going. Like, I just see him as that guy that delivers the blow. It, it almost it's seems like Gator, he's Michael Vick's speed with Cam Newton's body. Yes. They're, they're, that's a great, that's a great comp. And potentially Cam Newton's arm. Well, he he well, he's got a better arm than Cam had. <laughs> that's an absolute truth. Um, the accuracy thing—that's a whole other question. But, and I put this out there multiple times. The the accuracy thing when you look at it. Listen, thirteen games at Florida. Look at the offensive line. Look at the wide receiver core that he had. Was it all his fault? No, I don't think so. I wonder about their offensive coordinator as well. He may have been an issue. Well, it's funny because to me, like more than the completion percentage, you said the bigger issue, Jay, is 13 starts, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the one-year starters don't have a great track record in the NFL. I think that does pose a risk. And I wonder, Jay, rather than rather than tearing up, to your point, it might be so expensive to do that. Is there value in tearing down? Yeah, absolutely. He seems to be valued high enough over the other rookies can you get a CJ Stroud with something thrown in on top that makes it worth your while? Can you go to the Bryce Young manager and get something thrown in? Like those would be like the the first instincts I would look for. The Deshaun Watson manager, are they a little panicked after what happened last year? Like if they get the tantalizing upside of Richardson, is someone willing to give up something on top of Watson of significance to get Richardson? Like those would be the tear down in that, you know, you don't want to go lower than maybe QB 15. Like you, you know, tear off from if if you're in a rebuild team. Could you tear off from Richardson to get Kyler Murray, have maybe just as much upside, get something thrown in, and then if you're in a rebuilder, you almost, you know, you almost don't care that you get fewer starts with Murray potentially because of the injury, like because you're if you're rebuilding, right? Like those would be the team context. You know, if you're competing, maybe you want a Watson, maybe you want a Tua. Well, that's you want a Murray and lose more games. What's that, Brian? Go ahead. Maybe you want to. Well, maybe you want Murray and lose more games and get a higher draft pick next year. Give me Murray and Caleb Williams. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, do you, do you, you know, in my, in my thing is I don't want to lose all the shares that I have of him, but in certain leagues, I'm like, can I move back? Like go and take in certain leagues again, because I'm where I'm, where I was at last year and where I ended up picking him, you know, can I, can I move back and, and, and upgrade, but, not an upgrade as far as the league's concerned. Can I go get a Kirk Cousins plus? Can I go get oh, a plus significant? That's right. that's almost yes. like potentially like three, four rounds of startup value, especially at the top of the draft. You get some, you might get a plus and a plus. But the the thought process there of, of getting, you know, trading Richardson for a Cousins would be Cousins is a, he's been a top 12 quarterback. He's a, he's a QB one. Every year, yeah. every always year. undervalued. Always freezing out, right? So can I can I get a a cousins 
and then add a a late first next year. Like that's where I'm moving back to. And yep. your advantage having so many Richardson shares, you can cherry pick which league. Yes. Wh- wh- which situation is giving you that value? I talked about this earlier with Brian, right? With your, I think it was Calvin Ridley we were talking about. Like if you if you wanted to sell Calvin Ridley in a league, you can figure out which league you can get the best value in and do it in that league and not in the others. So you have that. The more shares you have a player, the more that more opportunities in those leagues to to find those sweetheart deals. Well, I think that's something that we, you know, as a as a going for two network, we 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 sit there and we can have those conversations in the Discord, which I know you'll talk about in a second. But we we can have those conversations in a Discord of like, okay, this is what I'm thinking, and then there is back and forth, back and forth, and we can we can absolutely have that value talk. But I I do think that like there are the 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 opportunities to move up in some leagues. And then there's not that opportunity in other leagues and you have to move back and gain more value. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, the advantage of playing, you're going to play in what you just said, 35 leagues, Jay. I, you you I, have a lot of places to experiment with the, with different roster builds and different value chases. Why you got why you, why you to point it out again? That's just, that's just rude. Well, again, but, but now we're talking about it as a positive. Like you have the advantage if you have so many leagues where you can go try and chase that value in. So yeah, and, and I'm more. I'm working. Ridiculous. It's, a, it's 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 a healthy i'm sorry unhealthy unhealthy obsession thank you it's unhealthy but i do it anyway because i love it i was gonna say this is quite the healthy episode we gave people basically two episodes in one i mean gator it feels like you're on for a full episode even though you joined us more than halfway through yeah, it's, so it's, it's glad to have you back that, that's what i was about to say cal this kind of feels like Gators Wednesday waiver waiver wire process. <laughs> Go pick up Nathan Rourke everywhere. Uh, that's where we. That's where that. That's where the conversation started was Nathan Rourke. That's that's insane. Totally. That's insane. Uh, but yes, um, going for two, going for two hours. Uh, we can say, but yeah, going for two live network dynasty gambit. Of course, the the classic trio of co-hosts here, Gator J, uh, Brian, and myself. And and thank you to Courtney Love Tractor Three on on Twitter. For joining us sharing her uh dynasty portfolio and as gator mentioned the discord we have uh, so going for you.com first we've got a website <laughs> and uh you know great source for rankings different articles i know that our redraft rankings have now been posted so the i think uh the rookie rankings have been removed but you still have the dynasty rankings up so the redraft rankings um, so that's available at going for two.com there's also a discord button through the website or you can just go to discord slash going for two and uh, we've got a bunch of different channels in the Going for Two network. Uh, some talking about startups. I mean, there's there's obviously the big Scott Fishbowl channel that's super popular. Uh, Jeff Jeff's basically ensured that I'm gonna like check in every day because he put a salary cap contract um, section. So I'm I'm giddy. No, he he put that out there, and then immediately, immediately as soon as he built that channel, he was like, "Hey, Kyle, this is for you." Well, and to be into Jeff's credit, like immediately as he put it up, someone had a question and a league and a topic, and uh, they've gone through their auction process. So it was yes. fun to talk through that them with it, and uh, yeah, it's fun to talk through all of this with uh, both of you. So super happy, uh, Brian. Anything you want to plug before uh, we get out of here? No, just uh, two weeks from now will be our next episode, and by then we'll be re- getting really close to the start of the season, and I'll I'll be doing a lot of stuff for for frequency's sake this year. A DFS pot on on Friday nights, and then also be doing the the main show on Sunday. So it's going to be a big thing. And maybe maybe Irrigator One can join me on a DFS. And I would absolutely love Courtney to come on. So 
All right, invitations <laughs> invitations received. But uh, but yes, uh, Gator, anything you want to share? Man, I'm just doing a bunch of work over at Fantasy and Frames. Um, you know, this now that we're now that the season is back, going for two. I cannot wait for Thursday night football, the pregame show. I, I know Kyle won't be here, but Brian and I will be. We will have somebody um hopefully joining us on yeah, a I believe there. Dan Turner is slated Dan to Turner, be joining. Dan Turner is gonna be joining us um on on, on Thursday nights. Um for, you know, pregame, uh, getting all that. The, 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 the dome is back this year. The dome will be back. We will definitely be, uh, be piping up that. We will, we'll be rubbing the, rubbing the hat, you know, rubbing, rubbing the, 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 the dome banks and hopefully bringing home some money on, on Thursday nights. Um, so yeah, I, I'm stoked. Um, work has been a pain in my hind end and, um, I've basically told them where there's a middle finger and it's, it's coming time to, to be back into, uh, into football shape and football shape means going for two on Thursday nights. Yeah, for sure. So as Brian hinted two weeks from now, will be, I guess our off season finale, probably my last episode of dynasty gambit. So I'm, I'm getting choked up and a little sad about it. <clears throat> no, but I, cause I'm super happy to always be here on the gambit every Thursday, uh, every second Thursday. Again, and JB's right. Uh, Gladys is uh, the, uh, um, in no particular order podcast is edited. So technically next Thursday is available. Now my band is playing in a music festival next week. So I don't think I will be available. So I think we'll probably just stick to our routine and next episode of gambit will be the 24th. And uh, I'm on Twitter at Senra says, uh, shout out to Courtney again for joining us. And on behalf of, Yo, JB in the chat, but also Brian, Gator, and myself, Kyle Senra. This was the Dynasty Gambit. Bye for now. <laughs>